0: To the bomb
1: hole.
2: <laughs> It's gonna be very hot. It's gonna be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs>
1: the Bomb
2: hole.
3: Gonna slide down some big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard.
4: All right, we got a big episode for you guys today at the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. First things first, Stony Buds, how are you doing? It's
2: so good, my dog. Whew, that's a good one,
4: <laughs> Jamie. Jamie Anderson's in the booth today. Jamie, how are you doing?
5: I'm doing good. Thanks.
4: We are so happy that you're here. And for our listeners that don't know who you are, which is probably zero listeners, I'm going to do a little book report that I wrote on you. So Jamie Anderson's impact on snowboarding is unrivaled. She's one of the most influential people to ever strap in. She has dominated the competitive snowboarding scene for the past 15 years. She competed in her first X Games at 13 years old. She's a three time Olympian, two time Olympic gold medalist. She has 21 X Games medals. She's an advocate for what she believes in. She has a great nonprofit. She's a spiritual being, a soon to be mother, and an inspiration to us all. She is the goat of our sport. Now let's get into it. We got Jamie Anderson in the booth.
5: Oh goodness! Wow, <laughs> thank you.
4: First question: More nervous for Jimmy Kimmel or Bomb Hole? Which one?
5: Uh, bomb Hole. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Take that, Jimmy! <laughs> Love that.
5: Oh, so nice to be here. Thank you for that intro. That was very sweet.
4: Well, a long time coming. Glad you finally made it to us. So, what brings you to Utah? Why are you Why are you in town in the first place?
5: um I was here for a Woodward event. Yesterday, we did a charitable event uh, called Jamie's Jam. In cooperation with my charity, the JA Foundation, we sponsored 10 young girls. Woodward's like new initiative is to get young girls and women into action sports and kind of create a more inclusive environment. so, um, through the SOS Foundation, they kind of helped find underprivileged girls that needed gear and wanted to get out there. So Union, GNU, Dekine, Oakley, they all sent a bunch of swags. We kitted the girls out head to toe and did a little shred session. And to come here and see you guys because <laughs> it's a long time coming. Sorry it just took until I was pregnant and had more <laughs> time in my life. But I'm yeah, I'm really happy to be here with you. Thanks for having me on this show.
4: Well, we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I kind of want to dive right in, smack dab right
2: in the middle of eight kids.
4: Holy moly! You
5: can imagine what growing up in the Anderson household was. Yeah, it like... sounds
2: like a Mormon family, almost, right? <laughs> I know you would think the Brady Bunch over there. I think
5: my parents were just pretty like free spirited, and I don't think believed in birth control. <laughs> <laughs> Um, gosh, so fun though. I wouldn't change anything for the world. My dad is from California and my mom is an East Coaster. She grew up in Vermont. And yeah, she made her way out West was living down in Santa Barbara and had always heard of Tahoe, made her way up to Tahoe, met my dad. They um, got pregnant right away. So then they quickly got married. And then yeah, had a big family. And thankfully, we they had a moment where they were going to live in Wyoming. Um, I think my dad was like in between jobs and like kind of trying to make it work. And something led them back to Tahoe. He ended up getting a job at the fire station. And they raised our family in Myers, which is like a little town outside of South Lake, Right at the root of um, Sierra and kind of close to Kirkwood.
4: What resort did you grow up riding as a kid?
5: I grew up at Sierra at Tahoe. It was like 10 minutes up the road and we could hop on the bus. My mom got her degree in teaching, but she wasn't a big fan of the school system. So we all got to do homeschool. And <laughs> now that I look back at it, it was kind of like her style of like Waldorf. Like we did a lot of art and we spent most of our days outside playing. She wasn't really strict on like reading and writing right away. She knew like that would come. Um, And yeah, I feel so grateful. We had such a fun childhood. Lots of girls in our family, six girls and two brothers. And yeah, snowboarding was honestly like not really in the deck of cards with that many kids. My dad loved skiing, but we couldn't really afford season passes and all the gear. That actually came a little bit later through a family friend, Nikki Warren, who was a young mom. She was 25 and had a 10-year-old. And they gave my sisters all their hand-me-downs, and then I quickly grew into their hand-me-downs. And that's kind of how snowboarding got into our life.
2: So there wasn't that much money, huh? You guys had to just get what you got and make it work.
5: 100%. Like, we were really—we had everything we needed. My parents worked hard and had, like, a beautiful home for us to be in, but— as far as sports for that many kids, like they really are a privilege, especially something like skiing and snowboarding. Like it's really, really expensive. You imagine
2: the bill on eight setups and Could jackets. Can
5: imagine? And <laughs> so <laughs> Gotta get I, a loan. Yeah, yeah, it's just too much. So it encouraged us to just hustle. Like we all worked for my mom's lawn care business in the summer and would just save cash and then. My older sister helped us make resumes, and we would try to, like, get sponsors when we were pretty young. We started doing the USASA events. And, yeah, I think not having everything so handed to us, even though, of course, hand-me-downs and things were given to us, it gave us that ambition to just work harder and really, like, appreciate and value every day we got to spend on the mountain. And, yeah, it was really fun.
4: We have a guest question from your sister, Joni. Here we go.
5: Joan. Hi, Jamie. It's Joni. So you were hustling at a pretty young age. I remember you riding bikes from our house to the golf course and swimming in the river for golf balls that the golfers had lost and then selling them back to the golfers. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you made a pretty good amount of money. So my question is, what did you do with all that money? (laughs) she knows exactly what I was doing with that money um gosh yeah I was pretty young like you know early teenage years and I think that was pretty much like my weed fund selling golf balls (laughs) back to the back to the golfers
2: that's a good hustle right there those I
5: (laughs) I was just ambitious I loved making money my parents like we didn't really have allowances they definitely we all had to do a ton of chores and, like, make the house work, and I remember some of my friends getting, like, money given to them, and I just, like, I didn't comprehend. It's was like, wait, like, your mom just gave you, like, 50 bucks, like, allowance? What is this? Like, never heard of that. <laughs> um, but now that I look back at it, I'm so grateful that I didn't have that because it made me, like, think outside of the box and, like learn to be independent and make money, you know? It's kind of all just energy and frequency, so between like the golf ball hustle, which I love swimming in rivers, so it was like, it was so fun, it's my favorite thing to do as a kid.
4: Your sister mentioned that you raced BMX as a kid and you used to mop up the boys, (laughs) is that true?
5: (laughs) Uh, for sure. I would uh, <laughs> I would kick the boy's ass, especially before puberty. Everything changed after that. But when I was, yeah, I think like eight, nine years old, I started BMX racing. And I, I guess I have always been competitive. I didn't really know that. But yeah, I loved it. It was really fun. They would get so pissed and I had like all the gold trophies and I put them all over my room. I was pretty proud.
4: Incredible! Hey, buds, we got a Patreon question about uh, family members, right?
2: All right, we have a Patreon question from Johnny Thorne, but this is a special Patreon question. Um, Chris is actually going to be giving away a pair of Oakleys, huh?
4: Yeah, we got uh, this guest question is presented by Oakley. We got a pair of Oakley goggles, a pair of Oakley sunglasses. Uh, I run the Oakley Line Miners. Uh, I also run the Oakley Mod. One pro helmet, new to the brain bucket Mm -hmm. game. I know Jamie rides for Oakley too. uh, What's your what's your setup?
5: Yeah, I'm down with the line miner. It looks like those might be the special Olympic edition, which is a pretty steezy frame. Um, Yeah, I love them. They're comfy. Prism lens all day long. Let's go. The
4: prism goes. Prism. It it actually turns darkness into light. That's what I've heard. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So.
2: And if you're. uh, Patreon member, you know, you get opportunities like this, like Johnny.
4: who's this? So who won
2: this? This is Johnny Thorne, and he wins with the question, I know you are from a big family. Who is your favorite sister?
5: Oh, Johnny. Oh, gosh. Um, I wouldn't say I have a favorite. I love all my siblings. They're really my best friends.
2: On this show, you have to have a definitive favorite.
5: Oh, my gosh. Should I make a shout-out to Joan, my... My fellow uh, competitive snowboarder girl. (laughs) We won our first X Games medals together, and it was a pretty, like, pretty powerful moment. She went on to become a Chinese doctor, and now she helps me, like, stay balanced when things get out of whack.
4: That's special. I was watching you on the Ellen show, and you mentioned that at nine years old, Joni told you snowboarding is 90% mental. Do you believe that?
5: For sure. I think anything in life is. More mental than anything. Yeah, she said, anything you want to do, it's like, it's 90% mental, 10 physical. Anyone has the possibility. It's a matter of, like, who and how strongly you believe. And that definitely integrated through most of my life.
2: So if I'm thinking, like, I can take Mike Tyson, <laughs> nine, like I'm like, you know what? I can <laughs> do this. My mind is set that I have a 90% chance of knocking uh, this guy out.
5: 100%.
2: As long as he doesn't bite my ear off, we're good. All right, you
4: got to put in work too. You got to put put in some work.
2: All right, but
4: yeah, that's good stuff. So let's let's fast forward a little bit. Thirteen years old, competed in your first X Games. Thinking back to that time, you were a little kid. What was going through your head when you were thirteen doing your first X Games?
5: Oh gosh, when I was thirteen going to X Games, I was pretty fired up. I I couldn't believe it. You know, when you are thirteen, you actually think you are like twenty. Like now I look back at 13-year-olds, old year olds and I'm like, wow, they're like children. But when I was 13, like, I had it all figured out. I had my golf ball hustle. I had the snowboarding coming up. When I made X Games, I was so ecstatic. Like, I just lost it. I didn't really love border cross, but that's what got me there. And I remember I actually went over to the park, and I was watching, like, Travis Rice compete, and I snuck into a practice which is so, like, not kosher. I don't think I've ever hit jumps that big. And I was, like, I watched a couple people, like, from the knuckle roll in. And I dropped in. I was, like, I got this. And I did, like, two turns. And I literally decked the jump in the
2: middle. <laughs> and you had snuck in.
5: <laughs> and I was so humbled. I remember leaving that, like, oh, my God, Jam. Like, what are you doing? Get out of there. Um, but yeah, Border Cross got me there in the beginning and they almost didn't let me compete because I remember I like barely weighed a hundred pounds. They are like, this is like a danger. They were like kind of having internal discussions about it, but I earned that spot. It was a last minute qualifier with all like adult women, uh, sugar bush. No, wait, what's it? Sugar bowl, sugar, <laughs> bowl. sugar bowl in North Lake. And, uh, yeah, I won it. And then they're kind of like unsure, but thankfully I got to go. Sean Palmer gave me my first Troy helmet. I thought it was pretty steezy. Wow.
2: And everyone else was a full adult.
5: Yeah, everyone was full size.
2: <laughs> and you're just, we just 13 year old We,
4: we got to back that up. Sean she Palmer just casually said, Yeah, slip that in. Sean Palmer <laughs> gave her first Troy helmet, which, whew,
2: that's, that's <laughs> I beautiful. Still have was this it. after you won?
4: Uh,
5: no, this was, well, this was like between that qualifier and going to X. Yeah.
2: In betwixt. In betwixt. So he had seen (coughs) you, kind of, he had his eye on you and gave you this helmet. So
5: He was kind of a family friend. My oldest sister dated, um, one of his best friends. So that's how we knew him. And of course from snowboarding, I always knew of Palmer. But yeah, I was pretty like, I was pretty honored and scared (laughs) and all of the above.
4: That's cool. So growing up in Tahoe, who are your early inspirations?
5: Uh, Early inspirations in Tahoe, I was so young, and, like, at that point in time, we didn't really have, like, a lot of access to, like, the pro snowboarding industry. So, like, I didn't really know that many pros. A couple years later, I remember learning about Tara Dikitas, and I think I had her Vans poster, and I really admired her, saw her on X Games. Um, I really loved Barrett Christie, and then I learned about like Victoria Jellous and some other writers that I really that I was really inspired by.
4: Cool, good inspo's right there. Now I'm gonna change gears real quick because we were talking. I was talking to your partner Tyler, shout out Tyler Nicholson, get getting some intel for this uh, this podcast, and uh, I was like, "What's Jamie into?" She's like, "You know, she's into like dream boards." <laughs> you know, manifestation going off. I want to know about these dream boards. <laughs> What's a dream board?
5: Um, A dream board is, or a vision board is something that you create. Like I've only made one before, but just kind of something where you can put your dreams and goals, like on a wall, kind of like this is like a dream board, like putting things that inspire you words of affirmations, um, If there's, like, certain goals you're working towards, just to, like, integrate it into your mind, you know? Some people like to write things on their mirror uh, to give them, like, some self-confidence or motivation. But my girlfriend Christine came over with all this artwork, and we just, like, yeah, we did, like, a little dream board session. She brought a bunch of magazines. She brought, like, a Nat Geo mag with, like, all these sacred places around the planet, which kind of stoked me out because I love traveling. yeah, we did like little dream boards. What what was
4: on your dream board specifically?
5: I put uh, the word abundance because this is like an abundant time in life. I feel creating a new life and a lot of change that sometimes can be pretty scary, but also really exciting. I mostly put like healthy food on it. Um, I had like this really beautiful spot in Nepal I want to go to. Um, uh, I've. South America. I think it was Machu Picchu with an alpaca.
2: <laughs> so you put an alpaca on there?
5: I had a horse on there. I really want to have horses in my life.
2: So you what made this else? recently.
5: Yeah, I made this just like last week. Nice time of the year to make it, you know? A little clean the slate. Not that time New really year. matters, but mm-hmm. it's January. And
2: it's basically the first step of manifestation, correct?
5: Yeah, I think so. And... I did it before, and I remember it was going into that year of, like, Natty Select, and I, like, that was my number one goal to, like, do well at that event, and it totally didn't work out. (laughs) So I'm not, like, I won't say it's, like, a give-all, but I think just, like, getting into the practice of, like, not being afraid to dream big. Sometimes it's hard to set goals and to even say things out loud, because, like, inside you're, like, shit, I don't want to, like, fail, or I don't want to, like dream too big and be let down, but i think part of like evolving and growing is like being okay with letdowns and not like kicking yourself and just accepting the process. Maybe it takes many dream boards to manifest like your truest goals, but mm. fun to start. Ty said he was going to make one with me, but he hasn't he hasn't finished yet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think he's, it's important. He's been manifesting, you know, he's got a plane, he's got a turbo, you know, he's been he's he's been manifesting some great stuff.
5: Ty is definitely a dreamer. It's mm-hmm. one of the things I really love about him. When we first got together, we were just like so young and so ambitious and just like always talking about our dreams and goals and like a lot of things manifested like the house we live in in Whistler was totally out of just like we, he lived in the most ghetto apartment in the beginning of our relationship. And I'd go up there and like spend time there with him and Mikey Cicerelli and rent was so expensive but we'd still just i just wanted to be there to ride pal and ride the mountain it's such a beautiful place um and i'm like god we should get a house and like build a suite over the garage and rent out half of it to like pay for it and like we really manifested like that exact type of property even more beautiful than what i thought with like the mountains in the back and a little creek that goes through the yard um, but yeah he's really like is ambitious.
4: That's exciting. I love that. Um, I, I want to stay on manifestation for a second here because you're always manifesting. Uh, you know, we got a great mind here. We gotta, we gotta kind of lean into this, lean and in, try to see, learn see what a couple of learn. things, see yeah. what we can <laughs> learn. I'm so, sure
2: our listeners and viewers want to learn too.
4: When, when it comes to like Olympics and things like that, when you know you're like, all right, I'm going to the Olympics. I really want to do well, and you end up winning, right? Are are you before? Are you manifesting like? Winning the X Games, winning the Olympics. Are you envisioning that?
5: Mm, Kind of. Like, it's a tricky one for me. Like, manifestation and setting goals. Like, a big part that I've learned over the years is, like, setting that goal and intention. Like, yeah, for sure. When I went to the Olympics in Sochi, like, I wanted to win that shit 100p. But I also had to learn to like let go of the obsession and the attachment or expectation of it because I think that's where it like dwells on you and puts too much weight and pressure on like your light self where if you kind of can do it like I have a cool bathtub at my Tahoe house and I would have like I got pretty good at manifestations like that year. I would like write a lot of things and I'd always take baths like it was kind of my time to like meditate and chill out. And I had a lot of like pretty powerful affirmations there. So every night I would just like chill, light a candle and just like read that stuff. But in my the back of my mind, it wasn't like I have to go win. Like, you know, maybe the universe or God or higher power has like a different plan and you got to be OK with that. And I think if we're so caught in like tunnel vision, we miss a lot of other things along the way. But I do for sure believe that we are the creators of our reality and what we think we attract. It's like when you wake up and have a shitty start to your day, it kind of goes that way and you can definitely break it, but it's all energy. Like if you wake up and you're feeling like happy and grateful and loving, like you're most likely going to attract that same vibe throughout the day. But I think we have to learn for ourselves, for everyone. It's so different. And Um, I've had a lot of moments in life where I've been really not light and not happy and not content. And it's kind of like a a downward spiral. Um, but you got to learn through it all. If it was all rainbows and sunshine, it wouldn't be like so fun. You Got to ebb and flow with it all and try to find a little bit of medium ground, but like not be so low when times are tough and not be so high when things are good.
2: Do you do the verbal stuff too, where you like literally affirmations? Yeah, you ask for it or talk, like put it out there.
5: Sometimes, sometimes I feel a little cheesy, but like if I'm in a really shit situation or like struggling or like family or friends or like Deathly Hill or maybe you lose someone you love, like that's when I feel like you're more open to be like, wow, like I need a little love and help and support. Or if you've ever been in like a crisis like a scary situation where like you actually have to like pray out loud that's where I think like the power is like I don't do it very often but when things get tough I'm definitely not afraid to like speak out I don't know exactly like I'm not religious by any means but I definitely believe in something greater than me and I'm not afraid to uh, connect and like ask for a little support when I need it and a lot of times like what I've experienced is like nature showing up, whether it's like a cool animal, like sometimes like I'll be feeling away or say something and then boom, like a bald eagle is flying over my truck while I'm like driving home for mammoth. I'm like, that's what like, that's it, like the power, you know, but I think everyone connects with something in different ways. You know, that's what's so beautiful about life. There's not just one way that works for everything. There's so many Ways you can connect and better yourself or feel feel
2: aligned. So uh, I've seen that, too. I've been out maybe walking around in nature and all of a sudden you see a fox or something. And you're just like, I'm in the right place. I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. But I've recently had a take that the verbal affirmation, isn't that just praying? Isn't it the same thing? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why these people that are very religious, which I'm not. I don't think you guys are either. They start praying and they do it out loud and it works. And so they, they kind of lean into that, and all of a sudden become religious, and it's this big thing in their life. And I've decided that's just what manifestation is, and and we do it a different way. And there has to be something, but it's uh, just putting it out there. And that's I don't know, just it's kind of something that's paralleled and been interesting to me lately, and uh, just kind of look into that more, when an understanding that what the religious people are seeing and why they get so hyped on it. And, I know it's pretty pretty cool, and I guess listeners and viewers try it and uh, ask for it out loud and see what happens. It's pretty crazy.
5: I love Seems that. Seems to work, you know? Test the waters. And what
2: Chris is saying, too, you can't just ask for it. Like, I want $10,000. It doesn't work like that. you got to do something also to get you there, but the first step is putting it out there and attracting the right energies, like you were saying.
5: 100%. I love that. You think, do that stuff with
2: crystals too,
5: right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I used to always have like a rock on me. I'm like nature girl, but I haven't really. I now, I like beads lately. I've got a lot of like mala beads. Um, but yeah, any earth element. I love like finding feathers in nature or if you find a rock that is cool. Like I like things that can go back to nature that you don't have to have forever, you know, not synthetic
0: just a connection
5: huh (laughs) yeah just something that reminds you last year we were on a dirt biking trip in like northern bc and i like kept finding bald eagle feathers like never in my life had that happened and i found like five or more feathers and i was kind of tripping it was like a little omen and you know i like took some and left some and gifted some and yeah, I love nature. I think we have so much to learn from the simple things in life. I mean, we are just nature. We're just all swagged out <laughs> have a kind of crazy ego and intellect. But when you like bring us back to the root, like we're we're no different than any other nature on this earth.
4: That's a fucking amazing point you brought up too. And I kind of want to elaborate on that because I don't think I used to really see that when I was a kid. It was like, I'm going snowboarding. That's one of the best things about snowboarding is you're in nature, you're in the mountains. And I used to not really look around. You'd be like, there's a jump. I'm going to build a cheese wedge over here or I'm just riding the park. And it's nice. I feel like a part of getting older and being more present and being more connected is you're up in the mountains and you're admiring the trees and you're admiring the mountain range from afar and you're admiring your environment and you're just appreciative to be where you are. And I think... That also brings you to our natural state, which is presence. And when you're present in the space that you're existing in, there are no problems. There are no issues. There's no anxieties. There's no past. There's no future. You're just there. And that's one of the beautiful things about what we do is strapping in on a snowboard and sliding down a hill and doing this fucking glorified sledding that we <laughs> consider a job, which is a joke, <laughs> you know? But
2: Yeah.
5: Oh, that's beautifully said. 100% agree with that. you got to take that moment,
2: right, and look around.
5: Yeah, and it's it's getting harder and harder to be in the present. It's so easy to be tripping on the future, or regretting the past, and, yeah, like that's where anxiety comes from and depression and all these, like, things because we don't really know how to be present anymore. So you have to do something like get in the mountains or... Maybe on a dirt bike. I know you love a dirt bike or anything that bring like mostly sports for me and I'm probably a lot of the viewers. That's kind of why you love it because you're not stressing on anything but what's right in front of you.
2: What's it like with a baby on the way? Is it hard to stay in your present zone? Are you always yeah. like looking at that date coming up? Or
5: I feel like having this pregnancy the last, gosh, almost eight months. I'm like 34 weeks now. It's, like, the most present I ever felt in my whole life. It's so cool. It's brought, like, for one, I've never really been sober for this long, and I really have been enjoying just, like, being really clear and conscious. I've had stints of sobriety over the years, and I've tried to, like, do it, and it's been really challenging, especially in our industry and being pretty, like, uh... I don't know. Unfortunately, anytime I did good in, like, snowboarding, instead of celebrating with, like, a green juice and health, I'd, like, buy a bottle of tequila and just get fucking go ham. Hey, you so. win
2: a gold medal, right? <laughs> it's like, let's do this.
5: <laughs> um, so it's been really cool to, like, and I've always been inspired to, like, be clear. I, you know, always loved smoking weed. I think that was a part of uh, growing up in, like, the early 2000s and snowboarding. It was pretty, like, common. And now, thankfully, it's more, like, recognized as medicine and not so terrible. But I think alcohol, for me, was the one that kind of brought, like, my lower vibration self. And when I would take time away from it, I'd always get so much clearer and, like, happier, you know. You don't really realize it's quite a depressant. Um, But, yeah, I think just, like, this pregnancy has brought so much clarity and so much appreciation for women were pretty incredible and yeah it's been so cool especially now that I'm like I can actually feel the little love first like the first most of the pregnancy you're kind of just like feeling in just look a little bit bigger <laughs> but this last couple of months I've like really felt the little one I can feel like just I don't know
2: kick pureness
5: and- yeah and like I'm more tired so I just like relax more and kick my feet up and Um, This is like the first trip I've done in months. I've mostly been like chilling in Tahoe and Whistler and just for once, like organizing my life, doing a lot of reflecting on myself and kind of where I want to go going forward. And thankfully, not too worried about the future, but I am excited to meet the little one, but I'm enjoying my like my time on my own or time with just Tyler
2: and you were saying you guys uh, don't know the sex, which is pretty exciting.
5: Yeah, gosh, there's like no more surprises in life, and that's the first thing everyone asks. They're like, oh, you're pregnant? Are you having a boy or girl? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, Figured you don't know? Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't fucking know.
2: <laughs> so you're gonna wait till that it happens. Wait
5: until they're born, and
2: then. Figure out a name then and there, or have a couple female and male names.
5: And I, yeah, I don't know. Honestly,
2: some, the names, names, are names are tough. Yeah, give me some ideas. Chris and I could probably come up with some names, you know? Yeah. Something. You know, I'm, I like old fashioned. I like Gary, Bill, <laughs> you know what I mean? Bartholomew, <laughs> yeah. something weird like that, maybe.
5: I know. Gosh, I had a hard time naming my dog. And yeah, like, right. What the hell we're going <laughs> to name our human?
2: You know, Chris went Phil. That's perfect. It's my dog's name is <laughs> a person name. So you could try some. <laughs> you try could dog try a name. dog name, you'd like
4: Otis. You could do <laughs> Otis. That's or pretty cute, buddy. Yeah, know? buddy. Buddy but would, buddy be, a would good, be a great one. Hey, yeah, bud. I think you go
2: dog name. <laughs> one. Yeah, dog yeah. name. That could be the future. Oh mm-hmm. my god, Sparky. F- female dog name is a tough, tough go. Yeah, yeah.
5: I felt like if it's a boy, like Ty can have more of like Let free reign in there. He's already naming the baby. He's like, how's how's little Leo? How's He's Cindy? trying out names. I'm like, <laughs> settle down. I'm the one <laughs> holding this baby. start naming. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, if it's a girl. I want to name her. If it's a boy, he can kind of take the range, but we'll still like, come maybe. together. <laughs> I like a lot of like the earthy hippie names. My sisters have named their kids like Winter Joy, River Ray, Mabel, Zephyr, August, like cute kind of names. They kind of took a lot that I
4: like, but.
2: Yeah, that's a. Those are interesting names. Yeah. Earth, no, Earth Child, something like that. Earth Child could really, be good. Yeah, I don't yeah. know a lot of those hippie names.
4: I was thinking. Spawn of T-Dog and Jamie. Like, that's her kid. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about as a name, but I'm yeah, just saying. Okay. Like, a, this, this is a spawn of Tyler Nicholson, Jamie Anderson. This baby, mm-hmm. like, is going to be doing back tens at age, what, four, five? <laughs> what are we thinking here?
5: I wonder. We were even talking, like, what if our kid just wants to do other stuff? What if little one wants to like surf or be an artist like it's so cool bringing a little one in I'm so curious hopefully they'll like to do the things we like to do I foresee like just having a fun life I'm so excited to like slow down a little bit I don't know if I ever would have stopped sending it I was kind of addicted to the contest scene kind of addicted to making money. <laughs> but for years I was like 25 and then all you're going to do is ride pow. And then 25 came and I had like just won the Olympics and I was still pretty on top of my game. And it was just starting to get fun then. Like there's actually a lot of like really strong competition. For a long time I was kind of in cruise control, like barely even trying. Um, and now it's like I have to Hail Mary my runs, and, like, a lot of times it's tricks I haven't even tried in practice, and I'm just, like, saving my energy to, like, toss a front 10, which I'm terrified of. Um, but, yeah, the girls have really – holy shit, they've leveled up. It's, it's serious out there. It's really cool to see where women's snowboarding is going.
2: So as a mom, do you see yourself being more of just a mom and living a nice, chill life, or are you going to get back out there?
5: I think I'm going to be a pretty fun, like – adventurous mom I love like Maria Thompson and Pelosi like there's some pretty powerful women that you think you have a kid and like life's over but I'm actually feeling really inspired like maybe it's gonna make me even more tapped into my true self and like your real power and especially with like the clarity I feel right now I couldn't imagine like last year going into the Olympics if I wasn't partying so hard I kind of think I could have done a lot better. Mm. But, you know, I was dealing with so much stress and didn't really want to go to China and felt for, like, the humanitarian issues that were happening, felt for the environmental stuff. And, like, my heart wasn't in it. And because my heart wasn't in it, I was just, like, kind of self-sabotaging, drinking a lot, not having a spiritual practice, not really being not really taking care of myself and it showed so much even though I had moments last season like winning the first event of the year and still getting double silver at x I was really proud of but I was like I wasn't like on par with what I knew I was capable of it was uh but it was so much learning and like being able to go to an olympics after winning two and knowing I was in the mix like definitely on the podium mix if I landed my runs it was uh I think it was just what I needed to, like, not do good and have that humility. And even though it was really hard to work through, as I've grown and, like, flash back at it, like, I wouldn't change anything. And I trust that, like, even when things happen that aren't ideal, like, it's okay. That's kind of how, like, I do want to believe that things happen for you and not to you. And I don't want to be a victim of my own, like, bullshit choices or the things that happen and just know that because of that i now i'm going to be a better version of myself and then it feels better because who wants to live in like yeah who wants to feel shitty you know like we're all going to go through different things in life and if we're always just like beating ourselves up like where's the growth you know mm. you have to kind of go down to come back up
2: like don't be the victim it yeah, happened for a reason. That, totally. That, Yeah, what
4: I hear there, if I want to see if I'm hearing you right, because it sounds incredible too, because you say things happen for me, not to me. And that sounds like you're coming from a space of letting go control, like acceptance of outcome. And I feel like when you let go of control and just accept the way things are and don't try to control every little thing, then then you're okay with outcomes that aren't desirable because... You just accept them.
5: A hundred percent. And don't we all want more peace in life? Right? Yeah, right. A hundred percent. I think actually a lot of our culture is like addicted to sorrow and pity and like sadness because we obsess over things and it is, it's harder to be happy and like rise up than it is to be like, fuck this, fuck that. But I think the real power is like letting go of all those expectations and attachments like I remember right in slope style, like, when I fell on my third out of three runs, I was just, like, so devastated in the moment. And as soon as I got to the bottom and, like, saw my friend Jules Marino in the freaking first place, hasn't landed a contest run in years, it, like, instantly dissipated my self-pity and, like, poor me, and it just, like, literally lit my heart up with so much joy. And I... I'm so fortunate that I've had so much success. Like, how could I not be proud of these other girls? And then Zoe came down last minute, like, laced her insane run. I was, like, I was so joyous and so happy. And that, like, it was so beautiful to see that, like, of course, we all have ego and we all have our pride and our our own expectations. But can we, like, get out of ourselves and just be happy for others? Like, that was my big takeaway. And I was so proud of those girls. And I was a little sad. I remember having a tall boy beer that night and it just made me like depressed. I was like, wow, why didn't I practice that 10 on that stupid side angle jump? Like, I just thought I could manifest it. That's one example of it not totally working. <laughs> I was even talking to Ty. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do a front 10 on Twisted Sister. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, like 100% I'm doing it. It's like, are you going to practice it? And, I did mean to practice it. It just was too freaking icy and cold. And I was so scared the whole time. That um, yeah, when it finally came down to finals, I was like, I'm doing it. And I was close. Maybe a little bit of practice would have helped. But uh, yeah, the bigger picture is like being there for the other girls and being like a true... Um, I don't even know the world, but trying to be a good example of like what I want to preach and you can't always be on top. You got to like be okay with all of it and not let success dictate your peace of mind or your happiness. Mm. It's easy to go to the Olympics and win and be all like happy and stoked and going on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever the hell all those shows are. It's harder to go there and like be completely defeated and still like keep your head up. But I think that is exactly what my spirit needed for whatever reason. And I'm really thankful for that experience.
2: And these other girls maybe needed it more than you. And that's a great thing to be able to walk away happier for them and instead of angry. So that's, that's so a happy beautiful for place them. to be.
5: Tess Cody on the podium, first one for Oz. Uh,
2: I mean, you got 21 medals at home, is that what you said in the <laughs> intro? That's a stack. You don't even know where to uh, keep 21 medals.
5: There might be a couple lost.
2: <laughs> yes, you got, you got some lost, and there's some <laughs> girls that don't have any, so that's pretty cool to Yeah, you got to spread go. the love. Yeah, spread the love.
4: All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk about one of our sponsors, DB. They're a travel bag company, a travel brand from Scandinavia. They make board bags, roller bags, backpacks, all beautifully designed. They all link together so you can roll them to the airport. And we have Sage taking you through his signature collection. What's going on, everyone? Sage Kotzenberg here. This is my new DB collection. We've got the board bag. We've got the duffel bag. They link together so you can hook them up when you're hitting the airport or just traveling in general. It's really nice. And then this bag is made specifically for backcountry riding.
3: It's got a checklist with everything you need in there. Uh, Works really well. The material is awesome. We've been using it all the last two years. Check it all out at
4: dbjourney.com. Hope you like it. I'm super stoked on that. Big love. All right, we got some big news coming at you from the bomb hole. Sign-ups are live for the bomb hole cup, which is April 1st and 2nd at Brighton Resort right here in Utah. It's going to be a giant event. Most spectators Brighton had ever seen last year, according to Jared. So day one is a bank slalom for all ability levels. Day two is a park showdown. So, we got a park jump, a bunch of rails, we got a limo we're gonna be jumping over, all ability levels both days. So, Bank Slalom's really cool. We got all different types of classes in accordance to age group or ability level. We got a pro class, we got an industry class, we have an adaptive class for the non able bodied, we got a vintage boards class for boards pre 2000, we got age groups, we got Grom 15 to 29. 30-plus, 40-plus, 50-plus classes. We got skiers on boards this year, so that's really fun. If you're a skier, you can't ski, but you can come snowboard. We have a splitboard race, so you splitboard up, race down. So fun if you're a racer, granola-eating splitboarder, all ability levels coming out for Bombhole Cup April 1st, and then day two is a park showdown. So we got open class, we got Grom, we got pro, The session is just absolutely electric. Last year was legendary. We want this thing to be a community-building event. So if you're a member of the snowboard community and you want to meet new people, you want to meet pros, everybody's going to come hang out. If you're a listener of the Bombhole, come meet other listeners. It's our big event where our online community gets together for a couple days, April 1st and 2nd at Brighton. Again, signups are live, bombhole.com. And uh, hopefully we see you guys there. All right, Jamie, I want to run it back to your first Olympics, which was Sochi. Um, You basically went from a snowboarder, a well-known snowboarder, but relatively unknown in the grand scheme of the world, to an overnight celebrity, you know, going on The Apprentice and all the talk shows. Was it difficult dealing with that fame at a young age?
5: Um... Hmm. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely, like, overnight life-changing. I think, like, when I was going into the Olympics, I had, like, not many followers, like, not even 10K. And, like, the next day, it was, like, over 100K. And a lot more opportunities started to come. And I remember feeling like... I was managing it, but it was pretty overwhelming. Like the last thing I wanted to do was move to New York to do The Apprentice, especially under Donald Trump. My agent had to like pretty much beg me for that one. And it was in March when all I wanted to do was snowboard. But you kind of have to strike when the iron's hot and do what you can. Um, I'm thankful for that experience. Kind of like free college. We learned a lot about business and – quick amount of time but yeah that was overwhelming for myself just like I'm very much a nature person and I like to be out in the woods chilling and snowboarding so going on like media tours to LA and New York I was like
0: this sucks (laughs) to be (laughs) honest
5: and I look back on it too and you could see that like I wasn't it's not like some people love that and they want to like have their stylist and hair and makeup done I was like hit me out of here. Like, yeah, wasn't ideal, but I think I handled it pretty well. I tried to stay like pretty humble and grateful for the experience. There's like a lot of money to be made in those times and coming up the way I did, I've always valued like my wealth and making money and mostly wanting to make money to share it with those in needs. Kind of trying to share and play like Robin Hood. And Mostly with, like, family. I love to give back to my family and anyone in need. So whenever I would get an opportunity to, like, go to an appearance for 50 grand, there's no way I wasn't going to do it. And after that Olympics, there's a lot of things like that happening, like, going to Beaver Creek to talk to a bunch of wealth advisors. And it was, like, 40 grand for four hours. I was like, oh, shit. Like,
4: this is... (laughs) There's some biscuits. How often are you doing (laughs) these things?
5: I am as often as I could. You like, yeah,
2: 40 grand for four <laughs> hours.
5: <laughs> and Beaver Creek, like staying in a super posh hotel. Like, That's where I learned about Tai Chi. They had like a Tai Chi class. I was like, oh, this is kind of similar to yoga and other things I was interested in. Um, but yeah, I was doing that as much as I could. It's I interesting down.
4: thinking about being a victim of your own success because as you become more successful – you are almost taken away from snowboarding because you have so many opportunities like that, that it seems like it can be, all that stuff can be a dr- distraction from your career. Did you hit your wall where you're like, okay, I'm doing too much, doing too much kind of celebrity stuff. I got to get back to my roots. Or did you just kind of cash in while you could?
5: Um, I would say after that first Olympics in 2014, my life got so busy for the next couple years and all the girls who were, like, on my tail were, like, hustling to kick my ass. Like, everyone knew what they needed to do to beat me. So going back to Korea, I remember being like, oh, my God, like, what have I done in the last couple of years? Like, so much work stuff and so little snowboarding, little yoga, little nature bathing. Like, I definitely felt super stressed going into South Korea and all the added pressure of, like, defending gold medalist and... I knew everyone around me was working really, really hard, and they had, like, better tricks and more technical rails, and I kind of had to flow with it. I was like, well, what's done has been done. Can't take back time. I want to just try to, like, handle this the best I can, and, uh, you you know, you never know how events are going to go and, like, what's going to happen, but I did manage to have, like, a good state of mind at that event even if like my riding wasn't as high as i would have liked it to be um but yeah it's really hard to balance all that you know you want to take opportunity of other op- other opportunities that come <laughs> but you don't want to drain yourself and like get so far removed that you don't even feel like a snowboarder anymore
2: but mm-hmm. well, it seems like you got a question i'm just dying to-, to know what was it like hanging with trump what's he like in person <laughs> oh trump because wow, He's what a what a character. <laughs>
5: He's a character for William's sure. He must be crazy. Um, and that was like before he was obviously the president. I really wasn't so much of a fan of him just because like his persona from what I knew is just pretty like arrogant, pretty like rude. Um, but he was really nice to me. Like he apparently loves athletes, so he came like right over to me at the welcoming dinner. He's like, hey, I saw what you did in Sochi, and like, you you fucked up your first run, and then you got back up there with all the pressure, and you you nailed it. He's like, that takes strength, and he's like, really really proud of you. I was like, oh, like thank you, I'm proud too. That was pretty, <laughs> was really really hard. Um, we should, but talk. yeah, he was kind of nice. It, I don't know, I didn't have anything like horrible to say, and I like that the Apprentice was all for charity. You know, i I played for Protect Our Winners, and you can win almost a quarter million dollars. And even though I got fired, which fucking sucked, I definitely didn't play my cards right there.
2: <laughs> so he uh, gave you that you're, you're, you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> you're fired.
5: You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, you know, I told him I'm like, I really like, I really like the charity I'm playing for. Would you donate some money? He's like, sure. And even though. He claims to like not believe in climate change. He donated 10 grand to protect our winners. And I thought that was really cool. They ended up like getting the check and they're like, oh my God, like this is insane, Donald Trump. And then they kind of wanted to blow it out and like call him out on it. And like that didn't really feel good for me. They're like, let's like show that he's supporting a climate change and he publicly doesn't believe in it. And like to me, I'm like, I don't want to like call anyone out. Like there's enough people calling people out.
2: And they Just got take K. the cash yeah. and go. Like, I feel like he supported you, though, not them. Mm, yeah, maybe.
4: Okay, I want to uh, change gears here because he did mention the fact that you, Sochi, first of all, jumps massive. Those were some jackers. Uh, you fell run one. You basically are the favorite to win, so you got all the pressure on your shoulders. Run two. Talk us through that.
5: Oh, gosh. So many stressful moments in my life. Um, Sochi was a big one. I, uh, My dad's like, he hates flying. He's very much like an earth guy. Uh, he flew all the way to Sochi. He's never been out of the country. Um, I had all my family there. It's definitely the favored to win. And when I fell on my first run, it just like the time between that first and second run, which we only had two at that point. It was, like, so daunting. It was the most pressure I ever felt. And as, like, I dropped more and more down as every rider went, I was in, like, last place, I think. And at that point, I wasn't on the U.S. team. I didn't really want to. I, like, represented the U.S., but I hadn't had a coach since I was 15. So I wasn't really connected to the team. I didn't have coach support they were there, but I was just kind of, like, on my own. But one person who really helped me out was Ryan McDermott. Wax tech homie um, and good friend. And he was there actually working for Canada, which was funny because he's in his whole Canada outfit. And cameras are on me, and I'm just, like, chatting with him. And he put... Um, his headphone in my ear and it was just this like really chill music and he was like you got this and if you know Ryan you know his demeanor is just like he's like the kindest human I know and he just like helped bring so much peace and I remember right before I dropped in I just kind of I was so stressed and had so much pressure but I just like sent a little prayer out to the universe and kind of thanked everyone who helped me get to that place in that moment and it kind of like released all this like pressure I was feeling and as soon as I dropped in it was like instant flow state I like a little bit fell off the rail early and then started to stress it and then I just left it there and then I went into like what felt like matrix mode the jumps were so big and I, like, I knew I was going to land everything before it even happened. It was such a cool experience. Like, everything slowed down, and I had so much, like, uh, calmness within me, but also, like, ambition and strength. And when I landed the last jump that I fell on the run before, I just, like, my heart exploded with joy. I was so happy I, like, dropped my knees in gratitude and just was, like, I don't care if I won or not. I'm just so happy I landed that run and overcame all the BS that comes with it. And uh, I looked over and saw my family just like losing it, and it was like definitely a moment in my life I'll never forget.
2: I haven't heard someone say that matrix mode. Yeah, that's special. You were like felt- in just in. You were like one with everything. You can see the landings as they're before they're happening, in- and they're just happening.
4: And she did lace the rail section after that first rail, like laced.
2: Keanu is just there on the sidelines, just hype. Keanu
4: Reeves mode. Well, we happen to have a guest question from Mr. Ryan McDermott himself, wax tech extraordinaire, legend of our sport. Here we go.
3: Hey, Jamie, it's Ryan. Hope this finds you all good. And uh, stoked you're getting a chance to sit down and spinning on with uh, Easton and Chris. Maybe you can uh, share the time uh, you won slope style at the uh, NZ Winter Games. And when uh, you were on the podium, you called out the head of the Winter Games <laughs> because of the discrepancy in the winnings between the women and men's slope styles. That was, a, that was a classic Jamie moment. And uh, I think it definitely led to some changes as far as uh, what we see in the sport these days or the culture of snowboarding. So, um yeah, and if that one's a bit dull, you can always uh, always tell the story about how you pinched that golf cart cart from uh, the Sebastian at the first U.S. Open in Vail. That's a good one. That'll get some laughs. But, um, yeah, hope you guys are all good, and much love. Take care.
5: Oh, love that guy. Um, to be honest, I don't really remember the Winter Games incident, <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds on par. Yeah.
4: Um, <coughs> You said there was a 15 grand difference or something between men and women's pay for first. And you were basically saying that was bullshit as you got the award. Like, I I shouldn't even accept this award, is what he's told me.
5: (sighs) That's so
2: badass.
4: Gosh.
2: (laughs) Uh. That person sounds really badass. Whoever did that, that was great. I really back them.
5: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember definitely always being an advocate for equality because when I started snowboarding, it was really far off in the era where, like, you know, there were interviews interviewing the guys about just talking shit on women, like really bad stuff that nowadays would just not fly. Um but, yeah, I was probably just over it. Like, yeah, maybe there's not as many, but, like, we're still competing against the best. And even to be a woman in this sport takes so much extra strength and courage. Like, holy shit, those jumps. And we're made here to carry babies into this world, not really go do crazy tricks on icy jumps. But I love that, yeah, I probably called them out. and Maybe I had, like, a moment where all the cameras were on and it wasn't going to be hushed. So it was probably just like fired up and wanted to let them know what I was <laughs> thinking. <laughs> um, I'm so thankful to see how far it's come. And I'm so proud of the girls that, I mean, they're doing tricks now. We even myself last year are doing tricks that men weren't even doing 10 years ago. You know, like when Aaron style first started happening, it was like sevens and nines and, you know, we won't even talk about the men's big air at this time, but it's just unbelievable to see how far women's snowboarding has come and knowing that we definitely deserve equality. And there's still a lot of things that are that are out of balance that I would love to see come full circle. And there's a lot of positive change happening, which is great, but it can uh, there's still a lot more.
4: What do you think specifically needs to happen?
5: I think um, I think like talking about it is huge, like talking about equality and like I think it's a long time coming, like the suppress the suppressing of women over the years. Like, for instance, my mom in her day loved sports and she was really athletic and fit, but she wasn't allowed to do any sports. And my grandpa like didn't support her. She like really wanted to play football and he was like, no. And now he's, like, my biggest fan. He's 94, and he's, like, calling me out, like, when are you going to do some new tricks? he have been doing the same run for quite a while (laughs) before. (laughs) I've evolved a little bit. But, um, like, that's crazy how much has changed in one generation, and I can't imagine what, if I have a daughter, like, what maybe she'll do in her lifetime, having a mom that helped pave the way for the next generations to come. But I think speaking about it and doing more, initiative projects like what Woodward is doing right now with bringing in a women's ambassador team and like a panel to just discuss how can we incorporate more girls into action sports how can we um, help that balance and you know seeing more brands like GNU signing more girls and like helping helping build the sport up um, I would love to see all the brands do that, you know? It's usually, like, a team of 20 dudes and maybe, like, one or two girls. Like, why not have 10 and 10? Like, now there's definitely the girls out there that deserve the recognition and the support. Um, but, yeah, I'm still learning, too. Like, how can I play a role now, like, and give back more to the girls in this community and help build um, maybe more, like, women-focused events or just... Um, equal pay, you know, I'm sure there's still a lot of imbalance in that with certain brands, but it's come a long way and I'm really happy to see it keep going.
4: Well, I just want to take this time to say thank you Mm -hmm. for inspiring us all. And I know, especially a lot of young men and women looking up to you. And I was kind of just thinking about somebody mentioned when I was doing my research that your first X Games, you had a 180 in your run. And now your run. I watched your last year's X Games run, and it was front ten, back rodeo, cab ten, double. Fucking <laughs> think about that progression, right? No one eighties in and, there. And you've you've like it's just <laughs> you you've you've evolved with the sport and pushed it, and never never been left in the dust. And I just kind of like I just want to commend you for just always progressing, and and kind of want to pick your brain on how you. Have the drive to constantly progress for the past 15, 20 years on that rapid of a pace.
5: Yeah, that to me is a trip. First podium, front 180 on the Money Booter. And last podium, cab double 10, two 10s in my run, which was a huge goal of mine. Happy I got that done before baby (laughs) came to join me. (laughs) Um, I'm actually working on a film right now that's going to be out in the next couple weeks or so as soon as it gets all buttoned up but um, it connects on a lot of my progression through x games the last 15 plus years and kind of dives into uh, my backcountry and the Alaska segment that we filmed this year and last season so it's a two-year project but gosh there's a lot of evolution over x games and it made me reflect on like so much so many different generations of girls i competed with too from like tara dakitas who was like my idol as a kid and janna mayan and then into the phase of like Shirsty Buaz and spencer o'brien and and then any like there's just been so many different like probably three different generations of girls i've competed with that have like come in and gone out and I have no idea how I kept the ball rolling. <laughs> I'm, like, still kind of trying to, like, dive into myself and understand my psyche and, like, how I work and how I can share that with other people and how I can continue to progress in other areas of my life as I grow and evolve more. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think a big part of my success through that was, and this sounds kind of weird, but, like, not having a coach I think helped me a lot because it – It made it so much more fun. And I just decided to ride with the boys. And, like, Tyler was one of my main supporters of, like, helping me believe in myself with double corks and tens. Like, I never had any desire to do those. And he was like, you've been doing front sevens for five years. Like, you can do a front ten. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, no. And one day riding, like, before we were even dating just friends, he just pushed me to do it. And I tossed a front 10 and landed it, like, second try. And it still took me a lot of years to, like, work on that and bring it to, um, like, a slope-style event. But it's crazy how, like, what we decide in our head is actually where we cap ourselves. And I just kind of capped myself and didn't even, like, think beyond that. And seeing other riders like Anna Gasser do a ton of airbag training and stuff and see her like do double corks and triple corks. Um, that also opened my eyes. I was like, Oh, maybe we are capable than more than I thought. And yeah, that just kind of helped me tap into myself. And like last year at X games, I was so hyped on that run and I barely pulled it together. It took like the whole jam to do it. Um, yeah it's a trip. I really am still trying to figure out how, but I think like slow, steady progress and trying to stay healthy not just physically but in your in your psych and in your your spirit, you know, I feel when my spirit is happy, and I'm taking good care of that like everything else kind of falls into place
2: and you were the girl that kind of uh took out takeitas, huh those early <laughs> contests like you were the you know here she is, Jamie Anderson,
5: oh. Yeah, I think so. It was, like, around that time when I think I got my first, like, bronze medal in slope style. The first year I competed in slope, I was 15. And I think I was on the podium with Jana Mayan and Hannah Beeman. That's so
2: crazy. Yeah. Jana. And I don't mean take out. I just mean maybe gave her a threat, let's say. Like, yeah. Like, here she is, you know?
5: Yeah, and I think at that point, I'm not sure how old Tara was. Maybe 30? Maybe around the age I am now. And, uh... Yeah. And I know she had a lot of injuries and she was like kind of over it, but still like sending it. And then she went on to do some border cross stuff and, um, Jana actually kept writing for a couple years and she was like so fierce and intimidating and like not in a mean way, but like not very friendly. And I was kind of like this, like, Yee!
2: super friendly, Giddy, like,
5: <laughs> ah! like just all who knows, just funny young Jamie. And, uh, yeah, she was strong willed. But I remember she like gashed her knee at a do tour, I think at like Snow something in uh, where the
4: Snow Basin? Snow Basin. They had one here at Snow in Basin. In Utah. Yep.
5: Yeah, and she like gashed her knee and it was like all bloody and she like taped it up with duct tape and dropped in and won. Oh, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like that was amazing. And I think that was the last event. She won and then retired, and I knew she wanted to, like, end on top, and I was really inspired by her. I was, like, when it was, like, Jana, Spencer, and myself, and uh, lots of switchback fives at that time. It was, like, a back five, switchback five, front seven. Um, But, yeah, there's been so much evolution. Such
0: a trip. So much.
2: What's crazy, too, is Jana, like, I think she won the U.S. Open at 13 and got that gold medal, and then... Go, has this long awesome career and here you are all young 15 13 doing the that revolving same. door yeah, the revolving of young door talent. it's so amazing
4: now i have a hard hitting question for you i'm curious about this you've competed in the olympics snowboarding is it an art form or is it a sport
5: oh i think snowboarding's an art form it's becoming more what was the other thing you said sport? It's
4: sport or an art form?
5: Um it's becoming more sport, but I think like the root of it is art.
4: I love that coming from a Especially from coming a from her. Yeah,
2: totally. You would think sport. Yeah. Coming from an athlete of your caliber with gold medals and sport mode. But then you go to Alaska and you have this awesome face and
5: and even like in slope style events, I always try to like even though they're pretty basic and bring they're, the art. Uh, yeah, bring the art and like see how it feels like the flow of it it's more like it's more than what meets the eye you know it's like how it looks top to bottom and I think that was one thing I was pretty good at over the years was like finding my flow through it and trying to imagine like how a river would like trickle down like the most effortless route and that's how I would think of like riding park. Like I would never visualize a run before I got there ever. And some people would be like, I'm working on this trick and that trick. And for me it was like, I'm not sure how it's gonna flow. Even X games, like it's on the same run, but every year it has a little bit of a different flow. And my goal was to like make it look as effortless and like beautiful, not like rigged or like trying too hard. And I think that's where like the art plays a role, even though of course you have to be athletic and It is like technically a sport, but I think when you um, have a different way of looking at it, you see it differently.
2: Mm -hmm. I love that. That, Impress those judges. She's right. Art form. You know, you got to look a certain way.
4: There's also a full blown art to putting together the right slopestyle run. When you show up to these events, and it's really fun. Like, you know, you show up day one. You know, on Tuesday, the event's on a Saturday or Sunday, and you watch all the riders get there and figure out their runs. They're all like, well, what should I do on this rail? What should I do on that? What should I do? Asking their coaches. And I like that it sounds to me, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but almost like the Craig Kelly approach, the be be the ball. Kind of do do what the course wants you to do. Flow like flow like a river, like you said. Wise. Those are
2: wise words. Very wise.
5: And not having someone tell you what to
2: do. Yeah, the coach. That was,
5: I think, my biggest um, blessing that I did to myself. Even though at times I was like shit like I should have a coach or I wanted to hire Danny Cass at one point and have him on tour with me and I don't know something something about it it just always kind of flowed better doing things on my own and with the there's always people around me like Ryan for instance or Tyler and as I went back to the Olympics I did start working with the team officially when I was 26 and um, I really enjoyed Mike Ramirez and Dave Reynolds. They're great coaches. Um, but later, you know, and more for, like, the psych. I think when you're young, you have so much, like, pureness to you. And as you get older, it's harder to be light. You have, like, you know what's going to happen if you win another Olympics. You know, like, the wealth it brings or the experiences that it's harder to be, like, uh I don't know what the word, like your innocence, like that's such a precious thing that you can't really take back, but you can carry the lessons forward. And uh, yeah, and you also like get wisdom as you get older. So there's like pros and cons. I feel like my physical well-being was a lot stronger in my 30s than it was in my early 20s. And I used to think 30 was old. And now I'm like thirty is prime time, even 40s, you know? we can get better with age if we learn to like take care of ourselves and the body's pretty incredible all the injuries and concussions and broken teeth and cuts on my face like i'm so thankful that when i take care of myself and go spend time in like hot springs and drink earth water and eat really good food like it's crazy how you can radiate from the inside out
2: earth water versus what other type of water
5: uh Pipe water? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Gotcha. (laughs) You know, you want your
5: water to circulate. I always try to drink spring water. Natural sources. Yeah. Even I'd rather drink out of like a creek if I could. People are like, oh, my God, there could be like a parasite. But I'd rather have like a nature thing than freaking chlorine and fluoride pumped in our water. It's kind of sad. Thankful for our water sources. But, yeah, I try to keep it as natural as possible.
4: (laughs) Whatever you're doing is working, so I'm I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you're talking about. Now we got to talk about Korea because that one you won, uh, which was incredible. But the event was a bit of a train wreck as far as the wind, uh, the just the fact that the hecticness of sending you guys off. Like they canceled, didn't they cancel like the ski racing, which is they don't even leave the ground, and then they ran women's slope style. So I just want to hear you elaborate about that event where it's, it's beautiful that you won, but there's also some downsides of the fact that the FIS ran that thing in general.
5: Oh, it was a complete nightmare, like gong show to the max. One of the many reasons why I think a lot of us don't like FIS and the IOC, like that was such a terrible decision to run us that day. And the problem with that event is the day before, it was also really windy, so they canceled qualifiers. So now instead of there being 10 women in the final, there was over 30 women in the final. And it was so hard to deliberate and, like, come to a common ground. And we had a tiny tent at the top, a heating tent, because it was so cold there. And it was so hard to be at the top of the course and everyone was stressing and the wind was horrible. Like the officials should have just made the call, you know, or they should have had like the coaches. There's just all this like knacking. And I remember feeling so stressed in there that I just like left. I was like taking laps outside to stay warm. I kind of knew that they were going to do whatever they wanted to do regardless. And my regret at that event was not standing up more and like connecting with the top girls the ones that are usually in finals and like saying, Hey, like, what do we want to do? I was kind of trying to protect my mental like stability and not get like my head all like razzled. Um, and I totally did not think they were going to run it, but they told us, and this is so crazy. They're like, if we don't run it today, we're going to cancel the event altogether. Whoa, and I was kind of like, what? Like, that's insane. And a little part of me was like, well, we better try to run it. So they said, we're going to do one practice run and reassess. So we did a practice run and it was so gnarly, like 50 mile an hour gusts. Like I actually ate shit in that run. I overshot the jump. I was like crying at the bottom. I came back up. Tyler was there trying to kind of help support me. And I get to the top and I thought we're going to have a meeting and they're running the event And everyone was kind of just like, there's just no community communication. And I felt like a lot of the girls looked to me as like the leader of like, what do you think? And I kind of chose to stay out of it because the event organizers sucked. They weren't really listening. Like they should have known if they canceled Alpine, why would you not cancel Slope Style? So as they started the event and there's 30 women in the final, it was a complete just, it was terror on the mountain. Like you guys all saw, it was just so much carnage and so embarrassing for our sport that has already like evolved so much. And like that was the event where I was saying like all the girls had worked so hard and like I was so scared. I I didn't even know if I would podium if I couldn't land my double or nine or whatever I was doing at that time. And uh, yeah, I dropped like towards the end and every single girl before me d- fell. And I was just like, oh, God, like help me get through this in one piece. And I had a pretty like mediocre run, like not anything I was proud of. But I landed and like that alone was a feat. Um, but as you watched it, it was just like such a low vibe. And like winning that event didn't even have the essence of like celebration because there's just so much like negativity around the fact that they ran it and I felt like I took a lot of the backlash from like the industry and the girls that kind of like pointed the finger at me like like I had the power to run it or not run it which was really hard and I was pretty sad about that and just felt like like maybe i didn't use my power the best that i could have maybe i should have said more or got involved and like stood up and you know i tried to do that this last winter at a really windy event i was like there's no way i'm riding and all the girls outvoted me <laughs> and they can't like, they didn't even have, <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, are you fucking you're like, kidding me? i trying to do the right thing. Here. I like, I'm like, all right, well I can't change what happened in Korea, <laughs> but moving forward, if we're ever in that sitch, I'm going to like stand up. And like, I got all pissed. I'm like, <laughs> all the coaches are raising their hands. They're like, yeah, run it. I'm like, why the fuck are you voting? Like, you're not writing. Like, get yeah. out of here. And then all the girls outvoted me and I was so confused. I'm like, all right, like, God damn, I don't know what to do. Um, but yeah, that event was a heartache. Like, it was great to have been able to pull it together, but it didn't showcase like women snowboarding where it was at that time. And I think the only reason I was able to land a run and pull it together is because I did separate from like the politics of the tent at the top and all the chaos. But yeah, it was really mean. Like the girls were being pretty mean and I went through the media line and they tore me apart. They're like, do you even deserve to have won?" And this was like, they just were saying such hurtful things. And I like, I knew it sucked, but like, this is FIS. Like this, it wasn't a surprise to me because they do whatever they want, whenever they want. And we all chose to be there and support this stupid Olympics. So what are we going to like cry that they didn't like, you know, like to me it was kind of like pick and choose. Like this is why Terry and a lot of people like don't like the Olympics. Like they're not very wholesome. It's all money. It's broadcasting. It's the IOC. Like that shit is pretty not good. Do
4: you think they would have ran it if it was the dudes event?
5: Yeah, the next day it was just as windy and they ran the dudes event. And, like, it wasn't ideal. Maybe it wasn't as windy, but, like, that course was windy the entire week. Mm-hmm. It's just a tough – it was a tough event. Yeah, I definitely and, left that event like crying, wow, and like not stoked.
2: And back home, yeah, we were we were seeing everyone fall. Well, that was and- the thing, yeah. That was the thing
4: that it so, was it was a, a Travis for snowboarding and women like the the it wasn't fair to the level of riding that mm-hmm. the bar had been set. It just it made snowboarding it just it wasn't a good look. And and unfortunately, that's that sucks the way that happened. But I do want to rewind to Sochi because Barrett Christie gave me a little bit some intel she wanted to ask she has another guest question but before we hit that one uh she wanted to ask about the celebration after sochi (laughs) sounds like you turned up pretty good
5: (laughs) oh gosh uh tequila louise was uh, in (laughs) full swing after that first olympics and uh oh what happened like i just remember day drinking and it was when the the skier boys swept the podium for the U.S. and we just started drinking like mimosas in the morning. I was at the Lululemon house and they were just like, we're just drinking. And by the time it was nightfall, I ended up at the Team USA safe house. And gosh, I don't really remember what happened, but like the boss of the U.S. team, like this older man Got me a shot of tequila and apparently something happened, like I spanked his ass. Don't really remember. But then his wife like got mad and then someone else said I did a reach under, whatever that's
2: called. What is a reach under? I prefer a reach around but not reach under. I don't
5: know. Like it ended up really bad. Like I lost a deal with Visa that day.
0: <laughs> Are you serious?
5: <laughs>
2: Oh. This, this is the oh. safe house. <laughs> Allegedly, oh. we should say Allegedly, it Allegedly. sounds like you're not even sure what happened.
5: I think what really happened is I had a lot of built up anger to the US team because they never really supported me when I was young, and I needed the support financially probably more than anyone. And my sister Joan, who is a really good writer. She was never really taken care of and it was always like Lindsay Jacob Ellis, Golden Girl and Joan didn't really get any like support and she was winning events but still on the B team. So then when I won a half pipe event in 2008, um, the team asked me to be on the rookie team and I was like, eh, maybe. Like I might come ride pipe a little bit because I had um, my claim to fame in the pipe. I beat Kelly Clark at that one and I was like, I just was, uh, sorry, a little brain fog. It was just a lot. And the team offered me to be on the rookie team, which is no support. And then I never wanted to ride pipe, I would always be over in the park. So then they kicked me off the team. Wow. And I was like, whatever. Like, I don't care about the team. And this, I was like 17, 18. And I was just starting to like, I got sponsored by DVS and I was sponsored by a couple other brands that were supporting me and I had travel budget. So I was like, fuck the team. I don't need that. I just want to ride park and do X games. Like I have no desire to go to the Olympics. Like I didn't really care. I kind of tried that next season because it was the Vancouver games it's in 2010. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, they're like, you should try it. So like I went to a couple of qualifiers. I didn't do so well then a few years later when the team approached me, I was like, no. Like, I don't want to be on the team. were like, you and I you, right? <laughs> like, So it was kind of a big deal. They, like, signed, like, Chaz Goldman and, like, all Eric Ouellette. And I can barely even remember who was all on the team, my first one. but And they didn't sign me. And everyone's like, how come Jamie's not on the team? But it was because I didn't feel the love and support. And so at that Olympics, after I won gold – I kind of chewed them apart, really drunk, and it probably wasn't
4: a good idea. Long story short, lost a visa deal. <laughs> lost a visa, yeah, deal. so they didn't I reach, reach under. Yeah,
5: a reach around or something. I don't know. And that didn't even happen. That was just a rumor.
4: Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, for legal purposes. Oh, well, I was visa. so <laughs> sad.
5: Yeah, that was a big deal.
4: Good hey, stuff. It happens. You know, it's worth respect, though. You know, you know what? I got a quote on here that's from. Uh, from Pat Bridges, which is maybe one of the best quotes ever, uh, and it's in in air quotes. More Sean Palmer than Sean White will ever be, <laughs> Pat Bridges, <laughs> and that speaks to it right there. That's why you're goaded, Jamie. Oh my goodness! <laughs> off of a visa. Oh yes. gosh. We love it. Thank you for doing what you do. Yes. Aww. Yep. I appreciate that. He also, when I was talking to him, he said. Uh, he had some good stuff to say. He said she would uh, hit jumps all day and then get jumped at Lakanuki. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that definitely happened at one super park. Wow. I think he also quoted in that interview. I I quoted actually myself. I can't expect to talk shit and not get my ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And that definitely happened.
4: Damn, the Palmer's coming through. Gosh. Lock and dookie. The Woo. Palmer runs deep with this one, Buzz. Yes,
2: real deep. We are going to take a second to uh, hear from the good folks at Volcom about their fits. And I get a little confused about fits and shits, and uh, this is talking about clothing, I think. So let's hear what they have to say.
4: Bonjour Von Paul, uh, we're gonna talk some feet. Arthur Longo here. I'm introducing you my uh collection. For me when it comes to the feet, I wanted something kinda of close to the body but not too much. A little uh a little baggy enough to have layers underneath and you know to have like a nice little silhouette. So you know I can cinch it and it's uh, I would say it looks like a little bit like squary, boxy. Maybe a bit baggy, but not too much, and that does the job perfectly for me, and I hope it will uh, for you,
2: too. And so that's it. Let's shred. All
4: right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Hippie's
2: Organic Chickpea Puffs, Stony Buds. Yeah, I think we're talking about Sriracha Sunshine today, and wow, delicious.
4: Uh, It's almost unsafe, the amount of bags I've been putting down of these things. uh, They taste like something that would be unhealthy for you because they're so good. But they're actually good for you, buds.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's like secure the bag is what they always say. They're kosher. They're vegan. Plant-based protein, delicious. They're
4: non-GMO as well. Uh, One thing I think we should talk about, too, is the fact that they support the bomb hole.
2: And it's incredible because I support eating them. So it goes hand in hand.
4: So if you want to go check out some hippies, head on over to hippies.com and use promo code bomhole 20 for 20% off. They're also available at your local grocery store. All right, we're getting into a guest question from none other than one of the greats of our sport, of our culture, of our art form, whatever you want to call it, Barrett Christie.
5: Jamie, I'm so glad you're sitting down at the bomb hall. I can't wait to hear some stories from you. I've got a question. Um, So one thing I regret a lot from working with you over the years is that I didn't go to the Olympics in Sochi. And, you know, for all the reasons that a lot of people don't go to Sochi, but I didn't make it. And that was the year you and Caitlin won gold medals. And, you know, I would have liked to be there for the celebration afterwards. I'm sure it was a good time. But I'm wondering if you could tell the story about how that went what was it like after winning your first Olympic gold medal can't wait to hear the answer bye <laughs> oh Barrett I love her she's I'm so thankful she's in my life such a good friend mentor and TM uh, don't worry though Barrett you didn't miss much in Sochi <laughs> you might have missed me losing a couple uh, big contract deals with Visa and stuff <laughs> Maybe you would have helped me stay out of trouble, actually. I needed a good mentor at that phase in my life. Um, But wow, celebrating was, from what I can remember, it was really fun. I was really happy to celebrate with my family. Um, I can like, gosh, my memory is so fried. I can't really remember everything. But I remember just so much relief and so much gratitude uh, waking up with that Beautiful gold medal. I was like, I was tripping for a couple days and we had a really good celebration. I definitely remember partying with Caitlin. She's like a really fun party friend. And yeah, that was pretty surreal. Two GNU athletes take the cake. Um, gosh, good old moments.
4: Now, I got a question too. Uh- what do you do with your medals? Like, where are these things? So not, not that, Or maybe not. Especially I'm not trying that steal many. them, but, like, like I mean, I'd be wearing them around. Buds yeah. would be
2: running I'd in. be wearing all of them, yeah. all 21.
5: I should have brought one for you guys. Could have stayed here for a little while. <laughs> Put it on the wall.
2: You'd forget it and it would still be here, and you'd be like, where is that thing?
5: Um, I feel like I'm very humble. Like, I don't really have, like, a trophy wall, or I have, like, a lot of my trophies in my garage in Tahoe, like, old ones. A lot of, like, do-tour events and such. Um, I have all my X Games medals and Olympic medals up in Canada. Tyler built me, like, this really beautiful snowboard rack um, with a signature board that said, do what you love, and then he hung all my medals under. But it was, like, too much for me in one place. I had it up for, like, a year or two, but I don't know. I just, like, I think when I'm still in the game and still in, like, sport mode, I don't really want to, like put everything on a pedestal. I kind of want to like keep it going. Uh, So honestly, my medals are kind of stashed. They're actually right now in like a bag because I brought them to a shoot to shoot some. But uh, I need to create something. I was thinking about taking the lanyards and the chains off and having them all on like picture frames, maybe with like photo memories. Um, The Olympic medals are really nice like you can tell they're super solid and like have a lot more um weight to them and one's in my bathroom on a shelf and the other two are sadly in that bag kind of stashed away right now
2: (laughs) you're the
4: bag tyler told me he was cleaning out a room in like when when you guys first started dating and there was like you just opened up some like purse and there's just like five or six X Games medals in there that you'd, like, <laughs> forgotten about.
5: I know. He's so cute. He's the one who's like, you need to hang these up. Like, you need to put them on the wall. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We, we <laughs> I think years from
2: now, you'll be pretty yeah. happy. Here's yeah, to
5: I would up. love to... I, need a, I live in, like, a small space, and I want to move into a bigger home and, like, have, like... I don't know. I do want to, like celebrate myself more and be proud of everything i've done i think it's just been such fast-paced living the last 10 plus years that i haven't really had time to barely even decorate my house Mm. i pretty much just have like plants in my house and a couple art pieces but i want to like print old photos and like i don't know i want to do more maybe while i have a little one i'll have a little bit more time to like nest and get cozy
4: Now, I have another question. This is from Barrett. She had two questions she sent over. The other one I didn't put into the podcast machine here. But she also asked, what's your why? Why do you do it? What's your why?
5: I would say my why is because I love it, all of it. I love snowboarding, for one, and I love the... uh, I love creating projects like I want to do more film projects in the future. I have a film coming out soon, which I'm really excited to share. Um, But the contest stuff, I even love that. I love tapping into like the power of the mind and like perseverance and like finding my flow state. And yeah, I really love it. That's the only reason I do it. If I wasn't having fun, I think I would have stopped a long time ago.
4: Alright, we got another guest question. This one's from MFR. A true champion. What? I also wanna like basically say sorry to Leanne and Hanna and MFR, because they all ask the same question. Uh, basically.
2: So this is like MFR won the lottery on that one. Yeah,
4: we're gonna go with MFR because they're they're all basically the same question. So but God respect to all those beautiful humans. Here we go.
1: Hi Jamie. This is Marie. So stoked to hear what you have to say on the bomb hole. Um, I guess I wanted to ask you something about kind of your mental game. Um, way back then, I remember it was one of the men's super park and I was riding and I had heard that the day before some girl came up to you in the bathroom and said an, an insult to you. And I don't know what it was, but I just heard that you punched her right in the face And I thought that was, damn, that's so badass, Jamie. And um, I've also, we've all been watching you win pretty much every contest for the last two decades. And I know that you're a really Zen person and really into spirituality and calmness and breathing. So I'm really curious, how do you go from being so connected and, and Zen? And then how do you transfer to full beast mode and winning every contest that you put your mind into. Like, is there a switch? Like, when you're on top of a course and you're stressed out, like at the Olympics, what is your mental game? I would love to know. Love you. Bye. Love Marie. Um,
5: Oh, wow. That kind of threw my zen under the bus (laughs) with the knockout at the bar. (laughs) But what can I say? I was actually kind of crazy when I was younger. I found my zen as I got older. Um, I think growing up in a big family, I was always really tough. And I, we, my sisters are like my best friends and we all had each other's backs. And growing up, we fought a lot because that's what siblings do. So I think as I was like... Growing into myself, like I wouldn't really take anything. Like if people were giving me shit, like I wasn't really afraid to fight. I'm not proud of that. And I've grown a lot since then. But yeah, there are definitely some moments where I held my ground and would definitely get in a couple bar fights here there. Lockanookie anywhere.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We talking like fights?
5: Uh yeah, like fights. Like scraps, drunken (laughs) fights. Scrappy. Yeah. Um, Tyler will give you guys some good good stories on that too, I'm sure. But um, what I think changed for me and what helped me become more loving and kind was like a near-death experience I had when I was 17. And I was just starting to accumulate a ton of like money and sponsors and I don't know, awards and such. And I had a freak accident my toe edge at the U S open in Vermont and ruptured my spleen. And I was in like really critical condition in ICU. Leanne Pelosi was actually there with me. She like rode in the ambulance to the hospital and um, I was really scared. I've never been so hurt. Like I was in bed for five days and couldn't walk. And I think I ended up in the ICU for like close to two weeks and I I remember getting a lot of love from the snow community and flowers and nice cards and when I healed from that injury I just had a real deep appreciation for life and my well-being and my physical health and that's when I learned about Chinese medicine and that like your spleen is actually really vital and one of the most important organs for your immunity filters all your blood and helps you stay healthy um And in Western medicine, you know, they often are like, oh, we'll just remove it. In my case, I was really lucky they didn't do a surgery. They let my body heal on my own. And even though a lot of it was damaged, it still does its job, which another shout out to the human body. Incredible. But through that, I learned of like, yeah, Chinese medicine, using herbs, eating better food. I got into yoga. I got more into like gratitude. I started being a lot nicer to the people around me and not picking fights not like having that like hostile energy in me and that's I think at a time where my career started to like really rise because I think the frequency inside of me was more like loving and kind and abundant it wasn't like trying to prove myself or trying to like punch someone out if they (laughs) said something wrong to me like I can barely believe I did that (laughs) but uh you know, like through what we talked about earlier, like when hard things happen, like you can either be sad about it or you can learn and grow from it. And that experience I really grew from. And I think it brought a lot of goodness to my life. And, you know, I was a lot more preventative to injuries and I learned to kind of play with my heart rate and my nervous system and when I was really stressed and nervous like at the top of an Olympic course I could like channel that energy and like relocate it or like take certain types of breaths or walk over to the forest and take a moment with a big tree and just like ground myself and scientifically like grounding yourself being in the forest being in nature like that stuff isn't just like hippity-dippity-doo like that stuff really does help you feel better and those are kind of some of the tools I've used over the years to try to be more zen and I think it's helped my performance and I know X Games kind of tried to make fun of me and call me like the tree hugger and I was like who doesn't love trees like you know they're trying to like make fun of it but it was actually I don't know. How can we not appreciate our resources, clean water, the forests, the mountains? Like that's where people retreat to for serenity, for peace, especially people that live in cities and don't have that opportunity to be around nature. So Marie, you sweet legend. I know you love all this stuff too, because you built your cob house out of earth elements, but I think that's it. Going back to nature, calming down, flipping that switch from stress to like, Rest, <laughs> restore <laughs>
2: That's the key Yeah, I can't even imagine her punching somebody out <laughs>
5: <laughs> Don't ask Pat Bridges <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you punch him out?
5: Close, no <laughs>
2: <Said> <laughs> No, Pat, but he Pat, was, That super part, give him a black eye No, he, Pat was, the he black just eye witnessed Bridges. it
5: 17 yeah. year old Jamie was a lot different He
2: probably loved it <laughs> We're getting some good nuggets.
4: Yeah, done. I'm. Le- I'm like learning here. Like, <laughs> okay, so like spirituality, getting grounded, being peaceful. That's how you. That's how you lace the run. You know, I like it.
2: It makes sense. Okay,
4: not that it's not that difficult. Not no, di- not that difficult. Piece
2: of cake. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then you just do front ten, back rodeos, cab ten, double. So and then you're good to go.
5: And music. music, music is clutch. I don't think I would have probably laced any runs without some
4: what you gangster hip hop in yeah. my ears. We, specifically, what yeah. are you listening to at the top?
5: Oh, well, it changes a lot, but lots of old, hip, like '90s hip hop: '90s hip hop, Wu Tang, Tupac, Biggie, um,
2: classics,
5: Zion I. Sometimes a little bit of like chiller vibes. Um, what else? Some new school music, like I was bumping Drake for a couple seasons, and I don't know, kind of whatever feels good in the moment. I list, I like repeat music a lot. I'd like listen to one playlist all season, and just like have like one song I would ride with (laughs) at every event. When you're at an event, it's it's yeah, it was kind of one song. Let's go. Got me on that wavelength. I think it was like Gunner two seasons ago. Like I really liked that album. Money uh, on my, the money. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's dope. Uh, money is a
5: good motivation.
4: Talking music, you know what I think it might be time for. Name that, video part. Name,
0: that video part. Name that video part.
4: Name that video part is presented by Woodward. Now, Woodward Park City is about 15 minutes from Salt Lake, two miles past Parley Summit. They're open 365 days a year with twilight lift access for skiing and snowboarding. For this winter, Woodward Park City added 20% more terrain park features, Stony Buds.
2: Yeah, Woodward Park City is Utah's ultimate training facility with trampolines, foam pits, airbags, with the best coaching staff in the biz, all designed for progression. It's also one of Salt Lake City's only indoor heated concrete skate park, which is very important in these uh, cold winter days. Love that we can skate year-round up there.
4: Drop in for a session or a lesson any day of the week, buds.
2: Access to Woodward Park City is available through daily tickets with full daylift access starting at $40.
4: Just a good place to have fun with your friends. Simple as that. I know Jamie's doing some cool stuff with Woodward currently. Uh, they they always got cool stuff going on. We they did an really event do. up at Woodward. We
2: did dogfight up e- there. Equal money, Jamie.
4: Mm-hmm. Equal prize money.
2: If you're and interested in a looks- rail jam next uh, winter, we got you. Equality? <laughs> Let's if down. you want to enter, you know, there's, we'll, we can see if maybe we can get you on there.
4: Should we need to Thank raise the prize you. money if we get Jamie. Yeah, if we get there. She's, she's like, <laughs> this, this, is, this is peanuts. We don't Jamie. want her calling us out. Yeah, well, just in general, like she doesn't show up for that. That
2: was little. I mean, little what, chicken scraps. 40, for Jamie. forty grand to do some financial <laughs> stuff at at the uh, that Park City or wherever Beaver you were. Beaver Creek. Beaver Creek.
4: <laughs> All right, name that video part. How's your confidence level, Jamie?
5: Um, not very good.
2: <laughs> She's
4: honest.
5: Yeah, we'll see though.
4: Zero through ten. You got to give us a number.
5: Um, probably like, oh gosh, like five.
3: Okay. I know mean, that's, that's good.
5: like, I mean, like half. I mean, I know some videos. Just kind of live seen under some a rock videos. A lot of the time, like this year, I haven't been that good.
4: All right. Well, let's see how you do.
2: El boogie.
5: I love that song. I Good can't even song. believe somebody used that. Yeah. I, if I had to guess, because I don't know, maybe a Tech Nine video.
4: <laughs> you know what? Know. This is a this is a monumental <laughs> moment. in name that video part. Is it? What, is it hers? It's Jamie's own <laughs> video part.
2: <laughs> he's been waiting. Mine? Dude, God. he's been waiting to have this. But happen. how did <laughs> I use that? <laughs> Jesus, well, I can't believe someone used that song.
5: Yeah, I'm trying to think. If who, I rule- re- Okay, you know what? I fucking did. Okay, I did. But I- <laughs> who would use that song? Okay, I used a Nas song, but like, how did I get away with that? I'm trying to think about who the editor was and if that was even legal. <laughs>
4: You know how much respect yeah, we have for that? That's, that's a true winner when you don't know how to own the video That is, that is you won, awesome. You won this, prize, this okay. prize pack. What was the video? Um, full Moon.
5: Full Moon. Was it? Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think actually, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I I'm kind of. So, yeah. Thank
5: you. This looks sick, <laughs> yeah, you How do I? I'm there. like so embarrassed. That's bad. I'm proud
4: of you. Actually. I just love how I'm you said who would do that. I really
5: <laughs> love that song, and I was thinking Great for song. a second, it like kind of brought me back. I'm like, who would use that? Like, that's a really good song.
4: We've always. Wa- <laughs> let me tell you something, Jamie. We've all we've gave a couple people their own video parts. We've always wanted them to not get it. Yeah, he's I, been just waiting for this moment. And they get it. And and like the fact that you didn't get your own video part puts you into like. <laughs> immortal yeah. legend status. That's, like, I guess I don't watch my awesome. video enough. <laughs> so you can won yourself a bomb Thank hole prize you. pack. It's a Yeti bag filled with bomb hole goods. We got beanies. We got uh, smelling salts, stickers. Uh, we got hoodies, all kinds of good stuff. Also, I'm pretty sure these are Thank organic, you. too. Smelling oh, salts.
5: No, I'm scared of that.
4: You could give it a light whiff, because I know, you know... We'll do do one after Name That Video part. I Uh, don't
5: even, I can't do that. I'm like ashamed of myself. No, I'm proud of
4: you. I'm proud of you, straight up.
5: But it's like, I don't like watching myself. That's why I never really flash back on, like, I don't know, even like not having the medals on the wall or not. Like, I'll watch my video like once because I just critique it. So it kind of makes sense that I don't remember that song.
4: It speaks to your humility. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually a really endearing trait. (laughs)
5: Who used that song? <laughs> Tech Nine? <Yeah>. Like, what? <laughs> Chris Bradshaw. <laughs> that was oh great. My so gosh.
4: legendary.
5: Jamie of them. Um, All
0: new right. Flesh.
4: Na- uh, name that video part. Part two is for our listeners. Uh, if you know the song, comment on the photo of Jamie on her Instagram when her episode comes out. That's where we pick our winner. Uh, so, uh, this is a great uh, woman's film to provide a little crumble. Of a hint, I guess. But okay, here we go.
1: Something deep down in my soul.
5: Mm, that's a good song. No real confidence in where it's from, but because you said a woman's project, I know it's. I don't feel like it's one of the films that Leanne did. I'm kind of feeling uninvited too.
4: It's. I don't think it's in that. I can't confirm or deny, but it's not. But the thing that's great about this is that this one's for the listeners, yeah, so you don't you listeners. don't need to know this. You're oh, off. Okay, you're off you. oh, okay, you're off the hook. you're oh, off the hook. Okay. <laughs> thank okay. you guys for playing Name That Video Part.
5: Sorry, I hope I didn't interrupt that. No.
2: <laughs> My
5: own video part.
2: <laughs> Legendary. Wonderful.
4: All right, let's do a smell salt, buds. Let's do it. So, so, what are you gonna do? You have to open it. You just squeeze it. I'll start it off because I don't want you to go in too hot. I'll, I'll give you a tutorial, buds. Here you go. I'll hand this thing. We only have two, so buds is gonna do one. This is this is all you do. So I'll squeeze it. Okay, now it's now it's smelling. <coughs> oh my god! <coughs> you just give it a little give it a little whip. Just go easy though. You know we don't we don't know if it's organic or not. Just go real easy till you get some. <laughs>
5: She, she went back for more. Oh, it hurts. It burns your it nose. Hurts. Okay. Good. <laughs> That's terrible. Woo. I got a oh. good one. I got a good one. Yeah. Is it supposed to tingle your nose? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's Is supposed it to wake you up. it good for you at all? It
4: wakes it's you, to up. Wake you up.
2: It yeah, actually it did opens releases up more bit. blood.
4: Respiratory system. We're ready to go for the second Capillaries. half. Capillaries.
5: Babe just did a little dance in here. Yeah.
4: Ready to go for another six hours. Woke the baby up too. We're ready to go. <laughs> We got a little another, extra kick right there. We got another 12 hours in us now.
5: he has got back?
4: All right. Uh, buds, let's fire off some Patreon questions.
2: Let's do it. You uh, know
4: for the people that don't know, Patreon is uh, they're the supporters of the show, along with our sponsors and and those of you who purchase merch. That's how we're able to do this podcast. So we really appreciate our Patreon members. You can sign up for as little as $5 a month. I sound like I'm doing a, a infomercial. Let's let's keep it rolling. As little <laughs> as $5 to $50 a month, you can sign up to Patreon and support us. And uh, you get to ask a question like someone that Bud's is going to select right yeah, now.
2: You know, we've had a lot of talk about just, you know, your mental and what goes on. So this is a mental health question from Bradley Craig. Your efforts supporting camps and wellness programs... On top of your professional career, are inspirational. Recently, rediscovering snowboarding is the best thing that's ever happened to my mental and emotional health. What are some ways that people like me can help foster the future of snowboarding and improve access for others to enjoy it?
5: Oh, great question. And I'm happy to hear it's inspired you and made you feel more joy. Um, yesterday, firsthand, I saw like those young girls that don't. Get to shred a ton. Just how much joy it brought. Like their vibe in the morning, pretty like inward and shy, and kind of on their phones a lot. To after the session, you could just see their spirit. Like their eyes were so bright, and they're so happy and running around. And you can see that it brings a lot of like good energy. Um, one thing you can do is share that love with your friends and family. And if you want to connect with some foundations. I know my foundation is focused on helping engage young kids with sports. You can make a donation on my website, Jamie Anderson Snow, and learn more about some of the activations me and my team are doing. Uh, We're raising funds now to help send young girls to nationals. Uh, Woodward made a donation yesterday of five grand, which is huge. I firsthand know how hard it was as a kid to like get to those amateur events and it's a lot of pressure on the parents who work a lot so um we do some like silent auctions and I can send out posters for donations as well and that's one thing you can do but there's so many foundations I'm sure if you look some up there's a lot of local ones you could support and uh yeah thank you for your support that's really sweet
4: good stuff uh, okay, I want to talk about your X Games medals because we got 21, I believe. Is that right?
2: I think so. That's great. And
4: and you also, there was no big air for the women, so you didn't have as many opportunities. You're, you're tied with Sparky, Mark McMorris, mm-hmm. but you're the most winningest slope style rider in the history of snowboarding. Um,
2: yeah. Even out of Sparky, too?
4: Well, Sparky had more big air. Yeah, he beat more slope style. So, as far as slope style? As far as slope style, Ooh. most winningest. If my if my research is correct I'm sure it is you're it is.
2: pretty astute about this stuff yeah studious we're pretty studious <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible yeah that's,
5: that's crazy I didn't even know that had no idea <laughs>
2: <laughs> she just stacks them up and doesn't look back you know
4: <laughs> who me she's
2: she <laughs> got a bag in her garage my, my own just
4: <laughs> <laughs> how many <laughs> medals do I have the most what <laughs> that person that called that, them out at the New Zealand Open sounds like a real cool person <laughs>
5: i'd like to meet her who am i (laughs) gosh that's funny yeah i am i'm a i'm blown away at myself (laughs) i don't know about the x games medals i don't know how that all happened i think uh flow state has been engaged for about 15 years and hopefully continuing on but uh yeah, I wish we got to do Big Air. I'd maybe have 30 or more medals at this point. But uh, I'm thankful it's now happening. You see such a crazy progression. I actually don't really love Big Air. But it is cool to have a perfect jump to try to perfect, like, your bigger tricks you're working on. I've always preferred slope style and having more, like, flow top to bottom and feeling like I'm actually snowboarding. Um But, yeah, 21 medals, I don't know. That's insane, especially as we were reflecting earlier on my first one with a front 180 and just how much it's grown. It's crazy. I wish, uh, yeah, hopefully. I'm not sure if I'll want to do more or not, but even just says, hi, little love.
4: (laughs) For Um, the listeners, Phil, the dog just came in the studio.
5: Smelling the babe, coming over to send his love.
4: Coming over to eat some garbage, really, is what he's coming um, to. Do. <laughs>
2: Let's be honest.
5: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been quite the ride. It's really fun. It's more fun now than ever because there's so much competition, and I have to work really, really hard. So when I land a run, I'm like way more proud of myself than ever before.
4: Now, with with where it's at right now, it's it's such such a fun event to watch with Zoe and Tess and Annika and all these women that are just fucking destroying uh where do you feel like we're at currently and where we're heading with with snowboarding and maybe particularly women's snowboarding
5: i feel we're in a really powerful place with women's snowboarding it's been such an honor to compete with all these girls um big fan of zoe i think she's kind of the driving force behind uh the progression right now and you can tell in her snowboarding she's like She's just a really good snowboarder. We've all seen it, like Natty Select and different events that she just charges. And she has good style, and she's really, like, calm and nice. Like, I really respect her, not just as a snowboarder, but as a woman. And holy smokes, like, those switchback 12s, I'm kind of like, if there's any perfect time to get pregnant, it's like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm really happy to be watching um, this year as an observer. I haven't really done that in many years. I've been so in the mix that I, I've barely ever taken a moment to step out and kind of look from a different angle. Um, some injuries over the years, but I've been, like, relatively healthy. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going in a really good direction, uh, kind of. I, I like all the progression, but I also want to see more creativity. I want to see, like, the events create more dynamic, different park setups. You know, I loved seeing Peace Park last year with, like, the half park course. Like, that to me is really fun and a, a better way of progression. And, like, X Games, when they've added the quarter pipe hits and, like, just more creative features where it doesn't have to be, like, three big jumps in a row with your biggest tricks. Like I like to see four jumps so it can showcase all the different ways of spinning, even like your weaker ways. And also like, I'd love to see like butter pads and creative features that maybe bring that level down, but expand in like a more artsy, like fun to watch way. Mm-hmm. The girls, I'm sure the girls are like, right. I think we're going to be seeing like a lot of triple corks this year in 1440s. Which is like incredible, but it's not exactly where I I want to see like my snowboarding go. I think I said that before, but like I think tens are kind of my max. Like I could kind of visualize a cab twelve or maybe, um, maybe I don't even know. <laughs> it's kind of mm. crazy, but yeah, it's definitely it's insane where it's going.
2: I'll tell you what, I love watching it. And Chris says, you know, he's up there jumping around, at yelling at the TV. And I don't do that with men. No. It's like the same grab, this crazy spin. And with women, you're just invested in this program and the people and, and exciting. It's it's such a great time for women's snowboarding.
5: Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say they enjoy watching the women's events much more now. I do, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's gotten a little hectic in the guy's zone. It's hard. Like, I, I'm i a snowboarder and I can't keep track of the spins. Yeah. I literally can't. Last year at X, we were drinking and watching the men's final Big Air uh, up at the Monster Suite. And I remember I got, like, nauseous.
2: Trying and to count them?
5: Yeah, literally. I, like, had I to go out. I thought she was and, talking about
4: from the style. Yeah.
5: No, <laughs> just from the swirly bird. It was just Too much. Too and much. it's kind of sad because, like, they don't – I mean, it's still so incredible. And all those guys, like, I don't want to take away from their progression. But it's just, like – where does it end? Like we're doing way more than aerialistic. Is that what it's called? Aerial skiing, aerial whatever. Skiing, yeah. Like we're doing way more than that, which is like, I don't know if we like take a step back and zoom in. Like, what do we want to see? Like if the, the hands of ours, how do I say this? If the future of our sport is in our hands, like how can we navigate some changes But everyone's so sucked in that it's like airbag training, trampoline, repetition, and it's just kind of dull. So I don't know. I I think some things are going to shift in the years to come.
4: As far as activating that, you know, I've talked about this on on air before, so excuse me if I'm repeating myself. Uh, But I, you know, I feel like, you know, in one aspect, people are like, you shouldn't put constraints on it, but they're just rewarding higher spins they don't reward really the grabs that much, or the the progression and other rotations or axes. So, in my opinion, a, a, a way to solve this would be requiring like one of the jumps to be under 900, um, where it's it's cool. Or maybe even you can even do 1080s on those jumps that are chill looking. But what do you think about let's just say uh, a slope style run? one of the jumps is mandatory. It's a big jump, but it's mandatory like under 1080 where you have to mix up your axis and your grab. It's like a style feature. Do you think that that's heading in the right direction or do you think that's bad putting constraints on it?
5: Oh, I don't really know. I think it's tough to do that, but I think one way they could do that is what they've kind of dabbled with is like changing the courses. And making it, like, not feasible to do a triple cork on a certain type of jump. And it gets kind of weird when you try to control the people, I think. But, like, I would like to see that, you know. Um, But I'm I'm not sure how to navigate. Like, it's all so crazy. And it's kind of like a reflection of our life. Like, sometimes things just happen so quick. And, like, social media and just how quick things happen and evolve that, like, you barely have time to, like, slow down and, like, take a moment and like see where you're at and where you want to be going like trajectory wise. But I, I feel like it would be more beneficial for the event organizers and like the committees to know that like this shit's getting a little out of control. Like how can we, with the power of designing courses, like changes trajectory to more like more creative, more stylish, more fun to watch and I think that would be something that would
4: help uh, the future of this sport.
2: You know, there are a couple of those those Japanese and Chinese guys. They look good on doing some of those moves.
4: Yeah, some of them actually yeah. tweak. So their right. arms are, like, yeah. perfect. they
2: So those, those guys are so good that it's like, who knows where they're going to go.
1: Totally. What, what if
2: at these competitions, soap style, they, like, did an exact replica of, like, Chad's Gap in the Pyramid. And uh, that'll slow the speeds, the spins down. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, if the consequences were so high, just put a giant mining tail yeah. landing. Maybe like an alligator pit. Like yes. no one's coming up short. Just yeah. some I don't alligator know. pits. I like that. Boys. Yeah, it's good. Angle. It could change everything. <laughs>
4: but talking about contests, the anti-contest, uh, <clears throat> kind of in a way, peace park you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. You've uh, haven't you won pretty much every one of those, or you've pretty much dominated those things, right?
5: Oh, my. I, uh,
2: she has no idea. I don't know.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, I've won two, and, I yeah, I think I did win all of them because there's a COVID hiatus. Yes. Um, yeah, I won the first one in Tahoe. I think it was, like, 2019 at the Woodward over at Boreal, which was so fun. Shout out to Danny Davis, um, helping guide the direction in a fun way. Um and then, yeah, this last year we got to go to Mount Bachelor, and I won the overall, but I think Elena won like the highest air on a hip, and somebody else won the slalom. I won the park style and I think the highest hand plant, or sorry, the half park. Um, but yeah, those events are so fun, like that's the things that for me, like, light my heart on fire and make me excited about snowboarding especially after so many years of repetition like I want to help even create a women's event that's like creative and different and embodies that like uh, creative progression not just so mechanically done
2: for real that event was awesome now yeah. is awesome another
5: spark is sick
4: what about uh, your experience doing natural selection as far as talking about a different event? All powder course. Um, how was it competing in natural selection?
5: Um, natural selection was such an honor. Holy smokes. I was really, really excited. I'm sad I've only gotten to do one and it didn't go so well for me. I think I was a little excited and kind of went a little bit too ham, but. I love that event. I've been really excited to watch that the last couple seasons. I think that's a really sick direction for snowboarding to go. I can, I can just like see how stoked everyone was. Like even all the like surfers coming out to Jackson hole that first year, like people want to see that type of snowboarding and there's really nothing like it. I mean, you have like the big mountain tour or what's it called? Uh, uh something free, else, ride free Ride, world tour. Yes, free ride, world, ride tour. world tour but that's so different than what like Natty Select brings. Um I would love to get a chance to go back there. Kind of want to redeem myself. I'd love to make it to Alaska. Um yeah, I'm so hyped on Travis. What a freaking legend to help create that.
4: So talking about, you know, we haven't talked at all about your video parts because you've filmed in Alaska with Full Moon and sounds like your last latest project that's probably out by the time this podcast is out. Uh, Where do you see the future of your snowboarding going?
5: I would love to ride more Big Mountain for sure. I want to do more film projects, not just focused on snowboarding, but also focused on cultural zones around the world like places I really want to go I'd love to visit the Himalayas for the beautiful mountains and exploring but also the culture and the spirituality there and the food and I think it'd be really cool to like share those experiences with maybe people that aren't able to like I want to use this platform and everything I've kind of worked for in the past to like help take my life in like a cool fun creative direction especially like family life Ty and I have talked about next year uh driving up to Alaska and spending a couple months there and getting to enjoy like the end of winter but also enjoy like the beginning of spring and just all the beautiful nature out there and i want to spend a little bit more time at the ocean surfing and being in warm water but yeah for snowboarding i definitely want to do more more filming i'd love to ride more lines in ak i'd love to incorporate a bit more like freestyle riding there
2: into those lines that's what we need to see we need to
4: see you go birthday ball natty front seven yeah
2: we need to get you going
5: <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I I would love that.
4: Put down a slope style run in in, in Birthday Bowl. Yeah, go cab five a spines. finger, wingle a couple turns, launch a front seven, whack a toe side. That's what we
2: need. That's what we need. So to see. Fun.
4: That's what the people want.
2: How was that transition for you? Jumping into those kind of lines and was it scary and all that?
5: Oh yeah. I was pretty I've gotten to do a handful of trips to Alaska, but um Gosh, it's still so intimidating. Very scary. I don't have, like, a ton of experience with um, big mountain riding and, like, convex rolls and just, like, uh, all of it. Like, it was so cool this year to go with Elena because she has, like, been just absolutely sending it. She has so much more experience. and It was really nice to have someone... um, with her expertise around just with, like, snow management and how to, like, actually crank good turns and, like, stay in front of your slough. And, like, I was so impressed with her riding, and I'm so proud of her for this, uh, everything she's done. I'm out there, and I'm, like, just, like, barely trying to hold it together. (laughs) And I felt like we made a really good team. I'd love to do more projects with her, especially she's goofy and I'm regular, so it was so easy with like line choice like there's only really a couple times we had to rochambeau for like certain runs but it was like really effortless and she was in just good spirits and confident and also like not too um I don't know really calm and humble like I really love Elena's energy and I'm excited to share with you guys some of the stuff we got to do
2: and she uh well she kind of shares the info with you when you're up there like
5: Oh, for sure. Mentor,
2: almost yeah. AK mentor.
5: Just like you know, like looking at something from the bottom and taking a quick photo, or from the bird, and then being on top and trying to remember, like, is that the rock? I think it is. It's so hard. Is this that? And we'd just be there, like, I'm like, is is this it? (laughs) Is this okay, mom? (laughs) Like, am I gonna make it down alive? Like, it's really scary. And then, like, when you don't have that confidence and you're kind of backseat, it makes it even more scary. Um, but yeah, she was really helpful and I was really stoked to be out there with her.
4: We're going to take a quick break and talk about one of our sponsors, autumn headwear at autumn headwear style matters. We did an autumn Bombhole collab beanie. Uh, you've probably seen buds running it not today, but most days they got a group of younger riders that have impeccable style. They got Cooper Whittier, Canon Cummins, some of the riders with just great style. They got Danimals, his style's out of hand. Great company, snowboarder owned. They got specific fits. They got like a resi fit. They got a Sailor Jerry fit for the baby. Anti-resi. The anti-resi fit. Uh, if you're interested in picking up a great beanie, head on over to autumnheadwear.com. Use promo code bombhole for 20% off. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk about Bub's Naturals. Now, you know they make the best collagen. We hammer that stuff here at the bombhole. But Ethan, did you know they're making coffee now?
2: I did. Bub's Brew, the original blend. It's USDA organic, fair trade. Also, it's first ever coffee bean to be whole 30 approved, Chris.
4: The Bub's Naturals namesake derives from Glenn Bub Doherty, who was heroically killed in Benghazi, Libya in 2012. Bub's Naturals is a way of life. They believe wellness is driven from the inside out through the spirit of Glenn and a passion for nature's highest quality and sustainably sourced ingredients. We help fuel people to reach their maximum human potential while giving 10% back to charity. Their mission is simple. Feel great, do good. Head over to bubsnaturals.com and use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off your order. One thing I think we should talk about, Jamie, is uh, we both used to ride for Solomon. I remember being on trips when we were like little groms when we thought we were adults but we were kids (laughs) Um, but yeah why did you end up leaving Solomon to go over to Mervyn and Gnu
5: yeah Solomon was actually my sisters and I very first sponsor Uh, I think it was Alex Pashley back in the day Mm -hmm. and I really loved Solomon they were great um, Yeah, we had some fun trips. Team Challenge. uh, I think that's who I went to Japan with my first, like, gosh, at like 16 or so. Um, I had an opportunity to ride for Burton back in the day, and I was pretty hyped. It seemed like a good deal. Obviously, Burton is such an amazing brand. So I told Solomon I was going to, you know, take this deal with Burton. And... Somehow in the switch, Burton, like, pulled the contract and decided they actually didn't want to sponsor me after all. And I was, I think, like, 18 at that time. And I remember being super bummed. I was like, damn, that sucks. Like, so I went back to Salomon. And at that point, they had already kind of used that budget to sign other athletes. And I felt like, you know, it's all right. It's a good time to maybe explore some other brands. I want to, like, ride some different snowboards. Um, which is what led me to GNU. And now in hindsight, I'm so grateful that that worked out. Um, But really thankful for Solomon. Was pretty bummed on Burton for a while. Still, thankfully, made quite a bit of cash off the U.S. Opens over the years. (laughs) (laughs) I think I got my redemption.
2: (laughs) going to get the money from him one way or another, huh?
5: But I'm so happy to be with Mervin. I mean, they're made... Right here in the U.S., they're all about sustainability and environmental um, ways of producing their products, which is huge. I get to work with Barrett Christie, who I admire and love, and I've gotten to have my own collection of boards for the last 10 years. And I see my boards all over the world, anywhere I travel, and it always like brings a really strong connection. I always go over and high-five the chicks or give them a hug and thank them for supporting Uh, a brand that really cares. And even before it was cool to care about the environment, they've always just cared, recycled everything, use castor bean oil on the top sheets and recycle the metal on the frickin' edge. Like they really care. All their art is plant-based, like watercolors. It's been really cool to work with Sarah King. Her art's amazing. Um, I have the freedom to do my own art, which I'm like working on for my new collection. And, yeah, shout out to Ganu. I really love him. Perfect fit.
2: Is there a lesson for any young athletes that are kind of at the prime of their career? Like, did you leave Solomon too early?
5: Yeah, I think there's definitely a lesson of maybe not taking a deal that seems better and maybe deciding, like, what feels better for your brand. I think that... I kind of got inspired with like the shiny Burton offer and like, obviously they're one of the leading brands in our industry. And despite it not working out, I still have respect for the company and everything they've done for snowboarding. But you know, like Solomon has also done a lot of great things and they were my very first sponsor at like 15 years old. And before I signed with GNU, there's probably five plus years of not having a sponsorship. And that's a lot of like wasted brand engagement and like a lot of like memories you could have created and like things you could have built with that brand. So I would say advice to young ones is like stick with the people who have your back (laughs) and also trust that like one path will lead you to the next. Um, But yeah.
2: Stay was rooted. there an actual sh- like shiny contract in front of you?
5: It was a shiny verbal <laughs> agreement. A oh, verbal. A <laughs> shiny verbal. And the- also don't leave one brand without a signed contract.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was one- like there was just no actual contract. You and you're that. like, I'm ready to do this. And they are like, what contract? You, you need that docu sign in the well, inbox. There was, was there a docu sign when she was 18? I remember. Probably Maybe not. that was part Probably of the problem. Yeah, no docu sign back then.
4: Now, we got to talk about another one of your sponsors because there is a short list of things I wouldn't do to ride for th- this brand. Maybe kill somebody. That's about it. That's pretty much it as far as what I wouldn't do to ride for this brand. Uh, we're talking about Skidoo. Are you
2: talking about Fart Boys? Oh, Skidoo. <laughs> Skidoo,
4: okay. We're talking about Skidoo. Uh, BRP. So you got a... Uh, they they give you a Turby or what? What are Ooh. we talking here? You got a Turbo?
5: I got a Turbo. Oh, my I God. I'm so thankful. I have two Turbos, Two actually. Turbos.
4: Jesus Christ. The
5: Gen 4 and Gen 5.
4: You got two Turbos. I'm sitting on an old 2019 relic, naturally aspirated over here. It's, might as well be in a in a museum, this thing.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thankful. Gosh, that two situation... Turbos manifestation in the works I actually I'm friends with Leticia and she was sharing a bunch of stuff about C and I reached out I'm like yo like and I don't usually ask people for their plugs but with her and I it was different because we're in two different sports and we have like mutual respect but I was like yo who's the C-Do plug and she you know shared the contact I reached out to my guy there And he, we just had a really cool conversation, shared with him some of my interests. So that partnership actually started with, like, their water sea dew units and evolved to snowmobiles, obviously, with my passion for exploring the mountains. But it's really new, and I'm really grateful. They have a lot of great ambassadors. And I was, like, pretty scared to share with them about the pregnancy because I literally had just gotten a turbo, and I'm like, so pregnant I could barely snowmobile I got a couple days out this year but I was a little bit like you know it's kind of scary to be a woman in this sport and have to share to all your partners that you're pregnant and it shouldn't be that way at all but it definitely was I feel so happy that all my sponsors have been really supportive through this whole transition um, especially ski they were like and I don't know the team personally. It's just been a lot of like phone calls and emails, but I was scared to tell them and they were so supportive. They're like, this is music to our ears. Like we want more like family content. And, um, yeah. So that was like a blessing that they're super cool. We did like a shoot and wis earlier this season. Um, Tyler's been loving it. He's pretty much a pro
4: snowmobiler. He's—I'll tell you this: I was there for his learning curve of like getting a snowmobile to like figuring it out, and yeah. it was the arc was just like a hockey stick. Like he was so good at learning how to snowmobile because he has the moto fundamentals. Mm. That that kid's a natural born. He's born to to. Uh, Ride a sled, and, and he's actually really mad at me that I don't have a turbo. Too, so sorry, Tyler. <laughs> he's it. mad at oh, you. And Tyler did submit a guest question, uh, but he, obviously it was late, and I didn't have time to put it in. So I'm going to verbally <laughs> ask you. It was something along the lines that you guys have spent a lot of time. Well, first it was like m- making fun of me about not having a turbo. So, and then the second part
2: of it. Is his turbo one of your two? See, he's got the inside, you know. He's got insider trading. Well, at
5: first, I had one turbo, and he's like, well, y- babe, you, like, we, we, you kind of need two. <laughs> so I went back to Ski-Doo and really gracefully asked you're like,
2: I need one for each foot here. I just, I didn't one want a Polaris on the yeah. sled
5: deck. I'm like, we can't, you, can't. you know, that's, that's like false oh, marketing. You do
2: not yeah. want a Polaris. Yeah. So yeah. You don't no, want to be putting
4: no, something no, else no. there. That's and, just like yeah. bringing the... And the when
5: we're lapping each other, we just, we
4: definitely needed two skiers. True, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you don't want a Polaris. That's actually a fact. It's we're, a marketing plan. Yeah, there. for marketing. God forbid you get right. an Arctic cat. That would be just devastating. But anyway, um, Oh, yeah, his question was something along the lines of what is your, you know, you guys have shared a lot of memories being at contests and riding POW, and what is your favorite memory of uh, riding with
5: Tyler? Oh, my favorite memory riding with T-Dog. Oh, gosh, there's a lot. Um, I would say my favorite one is the most recent one, which was like, a little snowmobile day date in the Whistler backcountry with little baby. I was uh I had so much fun and he's so sweet. He always makes me feel so safe out there. Like I'm pretty good at snowmobiling, but it's obviously anyone that snowmobiles, especially in the Whistler backcountry, it's really scary, especially being like six plus months pregnant. I was pretty like scared and he just made me feel so safe and we had so much fun we rode some pow we had a nice little lunch date and then watched the sunset from the top and it was my favorite I love being out in the mountains with him especially when it's just him and I and we're not filming and we're not at a contest and we can just like enjoy each other's company seems like sometimes those moments are far and few between that we're not distracted with other friends or things going on and I really loved it made me he makes me laugh so much it's really fun to have a best friend who constantly is making you giggle
4: that's beautiful now you guys have you've had you know 20 plus years of your life dedicated to snowboarding now you're going to bring this beautiful child into the world how do you see your life evolving
5: oh my gosh I think I feel like our life is going to get a lot better. It's been pretty, pretty great and a lot of fun and a lot of adventures, but I feel like it's going to get a lot more wholesome. I think it's going to slow down a little bit in some ways, but we share so many things that we really love away from snowboarding, like all our summer activities, being out in the mountains, hiking, biking, tons of camping. I think last year – I slept under the stars, like, over 30 days. Like, I just like to be outside, and I think we're going to continue to do that kind of fun stuff with our little one and just share the things we really love and hopefully, like, reawaken that inner child in us. I feel like that's what I see with my siblings and friends having kids. It just brings you back to, like, the little things in life that make you happy. So I see it. I see it getting better. I'm pretty excited to be a mom and to have a family with Ty.
2: You telling me you're gonna need a third turbo? For the, for the kid. <laughs> do they a baby, they they baby, baby, baby
5: turbo? <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny. That's exactly what Ty said. He's like, "We're gonna need to get a baby." <laughs> he <slide."> said that. <laughs> oh yeah, he got his first snowmobile when he was three years old. What? Yeah, he had an old Ski-Doo, like a tiny, like fifty maybe, his or like a one hundred. Yeah, I don't know exactly, but. He does love snowmobiling. I think he actually loves it more than snowboarding.
2: Three years old out
4: there
5: in Ontario. He said he just, just
4: loved pinning it, it across a lake in Ontario. <laughs> <Yeah. Just going laughs> Three, <straight. laughs>
5: no mountains.
4: Yeah, good stuff. All right, buds. I think it's time for the pub beer crapshoot. Oh, so I can't wait. <laughs>
2: Welcome to the pub beer crab Shoot. What are you drinking there, Bud? I'm drinking a pub beer, and I'll tell you what, it is going down smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's funny about that, because it is going down smooth. <laughs> no, it's delicious, and it's cheap, and it's fun beer, and uh, try it out. Do yourself a favor.
4: Their motto is cheap fun beer. Check out some pub beer. Great support of the show. You should support them. Now, how this works is you roll the dice, and we tell you what you gotta you gotta do. Ten. Oh, perfect one. This is perfect for Jamie. Perfect ten. Perfect ten. What's the biggest prize check you've ever won?
2: That's a good one.
5: Oh my gosh,
4: she
2: doesn't remember. Well, I'd <laughs> like to follow that up with what's the biggest appearance check after. <laughs> yeah.
5: No, um, actually, kind of crazy. That year, I ruptured my spleen and was in the ICU. Uh, was the year I won the biggest check. It was when there was a Burton Global Open series, and it was a hundred grand. And I think that's part of like what I had in the back of my head was that I was about to win a Volvo, a hundred grand, and then I ate shit and ended up in the hospital. But I still won the hundred grand. So they brought me a check in the ICU in Vermont for. Ooh energies kind of unbelievable at 17
2: that's crazy
5: it was quite the
4: trip
2: at 17 unless respect
4: now (laughs) did you have sponsors match what are we talking we get get any bonuses there let's Let's
5: get get into that gosh that i don't remember i don't think
2: you weren't even of age yeah
5: i think i've like barely kind of had sponsors but it was like but I didn't have an agent, I don't think, at that time. So the deals I had were probably pretty, like, mediocre. Um,
2: Did they bring an oversized check into the hospital? It was an
5: oversized Sick. check and an oversized card that Liam Griffin made. And he had everyone at the open sign. I remember having, like, oh, I was so emotional. And I was so... I was so thankful that like, I don't know, snowboarding is such a great community, even though there can be times where it feels a little isolating and separated. I think when push comes to shove, it's such a sick community. And there's so many people that are just there for you, especially when times are tough. And that time was pretty like surreal because I was still young. I didn't know a lot of the people in the industry and I was kind of like making my way up, but That was a really good moment in time and also a moment where my mom and I had like a really beautiful time to bond because growing up having so many siblings, I didn't really have a lot of like one-on-one time with my parents. So we all kind of like helped raise each other and she always came to Vermont because that's where she was from and she loved it. But through that experience, we like got really, really close and any, like, 17-year-old girl knows that at that point you kind of hate your parents. <laughs> I just wanted to, like, do my thing and have freedom. But I had so much appreciation for her and I think everything in my life at that time because there's so much fear of, like, maybe not coming out on the other side. And, uh, yeah, we had some good quality time together during that recovery.
4: It's special. That's cool. Uh, you know what I was thinking about, buds. Tell me, is uh, have you ever seen Happy Gilmore? Seen it when he's <laughs> winning all the the golf tournaments on his rise to the top. He's driving around his car and it's just filled with oversized checks. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I feel like Jamie's career was. Her whole career. He's just just got (laughs) oversized checks coming out of every.
2: Trying to show up at the drive thru at the bank, getting that thing through the little slot. I don't know how I'm going to do this.
5: (laughs) It's so funny because I did. I had a huge stack of checks because they always used to give you those in events. And I'm like, I'm always giving stuff away or trying to clean out my garage, uh, donating gear, et cetera. But I remember at one point, I like, I tried to get rid of all the checks. I was like, I don't need these. Like, fucking get them out of here. They're just collecting dust. And my dad, like, he's, he saves everything. And I, like, found that he has all my old checks, including like (laughs) that 100 grand one. And I'm so thankful that he kept
2: them. You want that? Yeah.
5: Like, Philip. I don't know, do something with them.
2: Wallpaper a room or something, that'd be cool. Shout out
5: to my pop. So he...
2: Especially the 100 grand one. Yeah, that's, like that's if you're going to save
5: one.
4: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Jamie, of all the awards that you've won, you're about to win another one. It's from the bomb hole. Handmade. <laughs> As you can tell, we wrapped it.
0: We <laughs> wrapped it ourselves. <laughs>
4: this is a bomb hole wrap job for those of you. here that's I'll a good i give it to you to open.
5: Oh my gosh, thank you guys. So it's uh, more sweet. prestigious
4: than the Olympic gold, yes. buds,
2: would you say? It's even cooler than a hundred grand check, too.
5: Oh my gosh, are you kidding me?
2: The side facing
4: out the front. You're, you got to see the other side. <gasps> the the go- goat? The goat award. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh my gosh, I love you guys. Thank you.
4: Love you too, this Jamie. This
5: is amazing. This is really special.
4: So, for the listeners, it's a metal saw spray painted gold that says the goat on it.
5: The goat. That's yeah. uh, quite the honor. Thank you.
2: I have a Patreon I question to go it. with it from Todd O'Hare. And he says, As the current goat of women's snowboarding, what would you like to be known for when you're an old head or retired?
5: Oh. <laughs> Gotta put this art piece right there. <laughs> um, what would I like to be known as, gosh? Hopefully. Hopefully a beacon of light, you know? It doesn't really matter about the awards you have and the money or the trophies or whatever, but hopefully people remember me as a kind, loving person who can hopefully uplift their day.
2: I think you're already doing that every day, so... Mission (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mission accomplished. Done deal. What's next? All right.
4: Well, um, we're going to get into hot takes. So uh, first thing we like to ask is the MJ... And or goat of snowboarding, both male and female. The Who goat's got? goat. Yeah, who's the goat's goat? Mm. Who's the goat's goat?
5: For men, I think Travis Rice. He's a goat all around. I love what he's doing right now with just not only being an incredible athlete himself, but giving back to the community and always like... um just creating more for others. I think he's very like he's admirable. And for women, I'm a fucking goat. <laughs> 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 I mean, right answer. I mean, you guys guided me to that one. I don't think I would have said that without my new God, beautiful so trophy. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I was thinking about it. I was like, Ty, what am I gonna say? about the goat? Like, I I don't know. He's like, you're the fucking goat. Like You just need to go in there and own it. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. But you guys really made it easier, so thank you. It's true. But before I thought of myself, I thought if it was someone I was looking up to, I was going to say Victoria Jealous because just to do that kind of writing back in the day before any woman was doing it is – really amazing and she's a beauty and I still love watching her video parts and getting inspiration.
4: Great answer. (laughs) But thank
5: you. That's really an honor. When I first heard people call me a goat, like I I was like, what the fuck is, why is everyone saying goat? Like, what is this goat? Emoji. And then <laughs> I realized what it was. What does it mean? So, <laughs> what is <laughs> it? Like, I like, call me a goat. Like,
0: <laughs> is don't,
5: I
2: don't get it. You're like, I, I do hike well in Alaska. <laughs> I get around out there. Nimble of
4: the mountains. Mountain goat. Similar to a goat. Uh, all right. For pe- those of you who don't know what goat stands for, it stands for greatest of all time. So, uh, all right. Next, next question. Most underrated. Who you got?
5: Oh, gosh. For men or women? Both? <laughs> anyone
4: choose your own adventure
5: um underrated oh gosh I'm bad at these questions I would say um in the women's field and it's changing like right now but Mia Brooks I met her when I was when she was just 13 and before she had any sponsors we did a little uh segment together at locks and i went riding with her and i i was like holy shit this girl is really really good and i'm so thankful she's getting some light on her now because she's incredible and probably going to take over in the next couple years um and for men gosh i would say a lot of canadians are underrated it's definitely a harder field to be in like in some ways I feel like I don't want to be biased but Ty can be underrated I think he's so yeah. freaking talented and has so much to offer but I know that it's it's really tough like being a, he was a contest writer but now getting into more backcountry and like trying to find like your crew and like all of that it's been like pretty inspiring to see him and also like going into his piloting career but also like losing sponsors and feeling Some ways I feel he's really underrated and then I know that there's so many talented guys, but I'm always trying to like send him love and know that he'll connect with the right partners in the right time if he just stays true to himself and doing what he really loves.
4: Fuck yeah, Tyler's so underrated. That's a that's a great answer. Uh okay, steel as in Rails or powder? Powder. Okay. Best style. Who you got?
5: Mm, Danny Davis.
4: Okay. Favorite board graphic ever made?
5: Mm, Favorite board graphic? Oh, um, I really love my board graphic from Sarah King. Tie-dye art. It's like a pink mandala that goes out. I love that board every time I see it. It's old, but it's beautiful.
4: Favorite snowboard video ever?
5: Favorite snowboard video ever? Follow me around.
4: Good answer. Okay. Worst trend.
5: Worst trend? Everyone hating on people. Cancel culture all around. I think we need to shine light on people a little bit more and stay in our own lane. No one's really perfect.
4: Okay. last, Last question. This one's really important. Beanie or toque? Took.
5: Took. Took. She went to I'm back to a Took. Yeah.
4: Wow. She's flip flopping around. She's basically a Canadian citizen at this point, mm-hmm. then.
5: All residency, you know. I'll be an American.
4: I think they're going to revoke your. Yeah. Your, take your passport take back. Take your passport back for saying that. <laughs> 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 Some really mad Americans for you answering that.
5: What do you think they would do if I went to compete for a different nation like a lot of people
4: do that would be like canada
5: like uh i don't know like louis with italy or eileen with china
2: after canada did offer me that might be a.
4: will tell you what i would be livid yeah (laughs) i would be i would be furious
5: yeah america's dope i got an offer for a canadian passport to compete for them in the last olympics oh you did and wow. I really did want a passport. Dude,
2: that's huge getting a Canadian passport. And
5: I respectfully declined. You did? Yeah.
2: But now <clears> you're saying two <clears> And then they never let me left on right.
5: the, They never let me on the snow laps with the Canadian team. They kinda like cut me. They're like, All right, we're not helping you anymore. Wow. <laughs> but Spifle. I couldn't. Like I know, I don't know, I love the world, but I love where I'm from and yeah, all the family, all the roots.
0: America Canada's
4: pretty dope though.
5: Yeah, Canada's great too. So I spend a lot of time there. I like the nature.
4: All right, Jamie, we always ask our guests uh, what their setup is, their board and their bindings, and how they set up their board.
5: Uh, my setup, I'm riding right now the Free Spirit uh, GNU 148, and I'm riding the new Trilogy bindings from Union. And
0: uh,
4: what are your angles?
5: Yeah. Oh, I. Uh, on my PAL board, I'm usually, like, 9 in the back and 12 in the front.
4: And park board?
5: Park board, I go 9-9, nine, nine, and, like, I put my stance pretty close, like, center. We're talking
4: duck? 9-9 uh, nine, nine, probably, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not nine, pausing.
5: 9-9 nine nine front. Roughly, it changes. Yeah, depends Mc- on the McDermott, moment.
4: McDermott tum-
2: tuning yeah, those things. Ryan,
5: can you can you help? How what's my <laughs> angles? How how do I set up my board again?
2: No. When he was waxing for Canada, he waxed you too. Yeah, sick. Yeah, he uh,
4: yeah
5: he's he's, a a, he's an OG.
4: Gets you over those. Jumps.
5: He actually quick story on that. What did the airhorn
4: break this episode? Yeah, there's a lot. Sorry about oh, yeah. my lack of air horns, as always. I gave him <laughs> one already. I think. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. All right.
5: He waxed my board when I was thirteen at border. Oh, jeez! You the didn't even insects. know him, yet. That yeah, before I really knew him, my sister knew him, and she introed me. And he says he re- reminds me that I was so sweet at thirteen, and because I was so thankful, he waxed my board. I brought him a salad from the athlete. Lounge. Really, like brought him lunch as a thank you. And pretty much we've been friends ever
2: since. He's probably all hungry. No one probably thinks it hooks no. him up like that, you know? He's
5: like, that's the sweetest thing he ever <laughs> brought him a little off. People or, like, just salad. don't, they forget
2: the little things, you know? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, so the, at the time we're recording this, this is pre-X Games. So I talked to him last night, and he was basically driving to his shop to oh, wax geez. all night. He stays up all night. Everybody's boards dialed. And it's just a thankless, it's yeah. a thankless job. They and
2: just pick their boards up in the morning without even saying anything. He's, like, finally no, they're sleeping. Th- they're thankful, I think. Well, they are thankful. His boards are fast. Yeah.
5: Fast as fast. He stays up there all, <laughs> he stays
4: up all night hammering those things.
2: It's incredible. Yeah. Buds, you've ridden a McDermott tune. Dude, I could, I almost, it fell getting off the lift because it was so fast. It was like stepping on a banana. <laughs> This guy's boards.
5: <laughs> it makes a difference. Yeah, at first to, I was like, like
2: blown away. I was just like, dude, this is crazy. No wonder why these guys are so good at jumping fast and going huge.
5: No one used to like take care of their boards. And then all of a sudden everyone realized the value in it.
2: Yeah, you have to. If his boards are out there, like if you're not taking care of your board, you're going to be in trouble. For Especially sure. you got
4: snow on the course. It's like a little, little bit of inch of duff where you can't quite get the speed. You need That's to make or break, and right he's there.
2: studying he's the weather and knows what's going to happen scientist. with the temperatures. Yeah,
4: he's got a meat thermometer in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> he does turkey baster. He's ready to turkey go. Turkey
2: baster's out. Okay,
4: uh, we're gonna talk uh, next. Next thing before we wrap this thing yeah. up, uh, do you want to throw any thank yous?
5: Oh, got a lot of thank yous. Um I won't like go crazy with it, but I would say. Thank you to all my family and Tyler. A huge thank you to all my sponsors making this dream a reality and having my back all these years. Um, Thank you to you guys for having this space and sharing everyone's stories. And uh, uh, I don't know. Thank you to Mama Nature for letting us all go play in the mountains tahoe looks insane right now i'm so excited to go um be in the snow and yeah thank you to all the fans out there who support and care about what we do it wouldn't be possible without all that love so thank you to everyone watching
4: appreciate that um one last thing we do have a print it's probably sold out but it's a shot by mike yoshida uh it's a incredible photo of you in japan and uh, if you want to support Mike Yoshida, head on over to MikeYoshida.com. He sells prints over there. He's got all kinds of bangers. A lot like Buds. Buds also has, uh, what is it, e
2: Yeah.com. E-stonephoto.com. Support
4: these photographers. Um, sorry to derail. Uh, but we are going to get into one last question before we wrap it up. If you could go back in time and give advice to your 10-year-old self just getting into snowboarding, what would you tell yourself?
5: Oh... Oh, gosh, I would tell myself to just have fun and not worry about what everyone thinks.
4: Wise words. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us, sharing your story, (laughs) inspiring millions uh, of snowboarders all around the world, and just doing what you do. So I just want to say thank you for coming on here.
5: Thank you for having me, guys. Good to finally be in this legendary
4: booth. (laughs) We appreciate you. We appreciate all of our listeners, all of our Patreon members, all of our sponsors, our snowboarding community. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we got another episode coming at you next Wednesday, over and out from the bomb hole.